world. Welcome back to Golf Subpar with Colt Nost and Drew Stoltz. Pretty uh, pretty normal weekend, Sleaze. John Rahm wins on the PGA Tour, and the Cowboys lose in the second round of the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, what's that make it? 26 years? Yeah, Since sure. the last one? Whatever. Something like that? Forever. Welcome. Welcome. This is the way I felt it's depressing. after, after the, the TCU-Georgia pounding. A little different, I guess. TCU had no expectations to get there. This was like the Cowboys' year. Win or go home, Super Bowl or bust. And um, yeah, that looked like what I watched all year with the Broncos. Like, great defense, shit offense, score a point, do anything. Um, I was sneaky. I know you weren't, but I think a lot of people out there, I was like, let this come down to a game winning field goal. <laughs> please, please, if there's a sports god up there, uh, let this be like a 47 yarder to win the game or 40, 43, something you should make, but it's not guaranteed. After that first extra point, which it was blocked, luckily, a thing was going. That was spinning sideways. It was going to kill one of the cheerleaders. It was that going was, nowhere near yeah. the uprights. Uh, I was like, oh, my God, it's not fixed. He, he did, did come back, though. He did make some which, a couple of nice ones. But shit. All I was thinking is like, because the game was tied. Then they went up seven, and we obviously had a couple chances to move the ball down and score. I'm like, what happens? Oh, if we score and he's got to make this extra point. To what do you do? Like you go for two is what you I would do. You made field goals in between that time to give you like, okay, maybe he's you know, somewhat back to level, but still, if you go, if you kick the extra point to tie it and he misses, the criticism is just oh. game. Like, dude, how many has he got to miss? Man. All that stuff. But that was, um. anyways, it welcome sucks. to hell. Yeah, it's That's sucks. what being a fan is. Listen, I've, I've defended Dak his whole career. Uh, I've, I've always thought, like, I mean, as a fourth-round pick, you didn't know what you really were going to have. When he came in for Tony Romo, when he got hurt back in the day, like, he's way unreal. Went, like, 12-5 and five in his first season. 12 and four, something like that. And now, I mean, he's had back to back 12 and five seasons, but when all the chips are on the line, he hasn't really performed. Um, yesterday, he played terrible. So I'm very, <laughs> that one, that one stung because I honestly thought we had a really good chance going in. I know San Francisco's defense is incredible, which they are. Uh, but still, you have, a, you have a third string rookie quarterback at the helm for San Francisco. He's, he's undefeated. He's played fantastic. I just thought at some point, the rookie, go, rookie football would show up. Um, and he, he holds together, which we, we talk about it all the time. Like, he doesn't have to do a whole lot. He, he just have has to, to not great. fuck up. He, he's one of the few quarterbacks out there. You, like, when you get down to this level, division championships now, things like that, he, he doesn't have to go win the game. He just has to not lose the game. Other quarterbacks, like, you got to go win the game. Burrow does it. You know, Mahomes does it every single time. Purdy doesn't have to. Dak needed to this last time. And, like, if you're the Cowboys, all right, you're GM. You got a pretty good team. Pretty close. But every time, it, you know, Chips are on the table, like you said. It doesn't happen. You go, you move on from Dak. If so, who do you get? Where do you That's, go? Or do you just say we're another year closer, a couple more pieces? But I don't know what other pieces you need. I, I mean, I think you're one wide receiver away. I'm not sure about quarterback. Which way you want to go with that? Um, the way I always say it is like, who are you going to get? Who's who's yeah. who's a better option? One that our good friend Ben Marsh threw out at us. He's like, trade for Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson in Baltimore doesn't really seem to be on the same page right now. They pay less money to Dak Prescott. You come here, you give Lamar Jackson a massive contract. I don't know. I, I wouldn't hate it. I think Lamar Jackson would be a big splash. Big splash. That would be a blockbuster trade. Mm -hmm. um, that would, and we'll also throw in Brett Maher for free. Just for, just take him. Yes. You know, a little party favor. But I don't know, man. It sucks. Every year it feels like this is going to be the year that they finally get back. They're the most talked about NFL team. And it sucks. I, mean, I woke up this morning and it's not Sports Center, it's Dallas Cowboys Center. I mean, that's all it is. That's all they it's talk about. It's more about them losing. The 100%. Niners winning. So, 
it is what it is. That's being a sports fan, though, dude. Yeah. Other than one fan base doesn't get their guts ripped. Hard, tougher for you. Like, Broncos been shit all year. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, saying it. I can just tap out and be like, yeah, I'll watch them, but I don't have any expectations. When it's like, this is the year, mm-hmm. it hurts. Hey, listen, but the, there's four great teams left in the playoffs. Both AFC and NFC Championship should be great. I can't wait to see what happens. That Cincinnati-Kansas City game should be an all-timer. You should get Burrow. Dak for Burrow. Straight up. And we'll take a fourth-round draft pick of theirs. Okay. Sounds That's right. That's fair. They'll, they'll pick up the phone for yeah. that. All right, let's talk a little golf here because John Rahm doing John Rahm things. Oof. Two for two in 2023. He currently has 56 holes out of 144 where he's made birdie or better. He's just 54 under in his last eight rounds. That was like a slow Sunday this past week at the Amex. That wasn't his best stuff. Um, but he's still 54 under par in eight rounds. That's a joke. I mean, he's going right now. Like, forget the world golf rankings. Forget all that stuff. We can talk about that another time. That's the best player on the planet right now. It is. He's currently number three, but I'm with you. I mean, just passing the eye test. There's no doubt about it. John Rahm is. Granted, Roy McIlroy hadn't played in a couple months, and he was on an absolute heater before he took his little break. But we have uh, some cool stuff brewing right now because there's a lot of guys playing some very good golf. April can't get here soon enough for the Masters because, man, it's going to be very exciting with (laughs) Not only are some great players playing great, then you got the live thing on the other side. Champions dinner should be very interesting. That seating arrangement, that'd be a fun one to tune into. Fly on the wall for I think that. we should telecast the champions dinner. Oh, my God. It'd be incredible. It'd be like Desperate Housewives golf version. Mm-hmm. Just some cattiness all Also got to give a shout-out to my guys over at Callaway. Uh, the new Paradigm driver is three for three on the PGA Tour this year. Yeah. Whatever Rom's playing, probably going to have Hit some pretty that. good stats at the end of the year. Yeah. yeah. But uh, he is... He's killing it right now. It's fun to watch. And he's him. going to his best his course where he's going to Tory this week. If you pick one place for John Rahm, it's like Tory. That's his place. He's plus 390 to win this week. That's dumb dumb. That'll be probably, I would go out on a limb and say that'll be the lowest odds for an outright winner on the in PJ a field, Tour. In a real, not like yeah. a, hey, he's the yeah. only guy in the top 50. Like some I mean, of you got PPs. Xander Schauffele, Patrick Cantlay, Will Zalatoris, Taylor Montgomery playing some damn JT, nice golf. Yeah. Um, it, we people. almost snuck up. That was my dark horse. Like, mm-hmm. He was like 45 to 1. Dark horse sitting there on 16. People make birdie there. Didn't do it. Goes to 17. And then he had a little whoopsie daisy. But uh, fourth top 10 of the season leads all PJ Tour players this year. The kid is he's going. He caught a horrible break, too, on 12, where his caddy was like, all right, knock the flag stick down. And guess what he did? He did. He hit the flag. It bounced off to the fringe. Ends up missing. It would have been a kick-in bird. Uh, he's close, man. Well, D. Wu, I listened to you. Yeah. And did hey, exactly what you said. You're fired. Tell me to aim a yard left. No, nah, it's cool. I love seeing what Taylor's doing. One finish outside the top 15 this season. It's just crazy. Going back to John Rahm, I played with Max Homer the other day, who's 15th in the world, one of the best on the planet. We're playing and look at the scores from Thursday. Rahm's like eight under par through 11. He just goes, This Rahm is a goddamn machine. Yeah. Like it's just, it's ridiculous. It is. <laughs> It, I think that's one of the cool – when you get compliments from your peers, that's what's so cool about it. And, I mean, these guys know when John Rahm's on, he is very difficult to beat. I don't know if this is a stat. We'll have to go to Justin Ray or somebody that knows what they're doing to look at this. Has anyone ever shot more than 54 under in the stretch of two rounds or two tournaments? I mean, I, don't know. I mean, there's only a couple. Like, Hawaii is always a shootout. Tournament champion is always a shootout if the wind's not thumping. But then you got to go do it another week. Like, this is kind of, I guess, a, a two – the two events where you could really get it going, but you still got to go do it. 54 under. I mean, I'll tell you what, who's doing that? He will not shoot 27 under at Torrey Pines. He'll win. <laughs> that would be a winner. I think that would win. That would be a winner. Um, but I mean, like you said, there's only been a few guys win three in a row, and he's got a chance to do it. This would be the place you would pick for him. 
Yeah, it's and you'll it, be out there. He's dog. on a tear. I'm, I'm heading there uh, Wednesday start because of the NFC Great and Championship wrapping it up Saturday. Our first one with CBS this year. I can't wait to get going. Nance is going to be at Arrowhead calling golf from the football stadium mm-hmm. on, normal, normal on Friday and Saturday, but he can handle it. Trev Rimmelman making his debut as lead analyst. I can't wait to get out there. Trevor. Trevor. Trevor will be in. Yeah, that's um. God, Nance busy dude. Him and Tariko right now just flying around. Flying around. Hey, got to pay the bills. Got to. Speaking <laughs> of, tell them about the stack because you're stacking right now. Bud. Well, this episode of Subpar is brought to you by Stack, and I have started using the stack, and I am a 100% believer. I was just smashing it around Shadow Creek. Course, got a little dude. tip from Max the other day, too, by the way. Going through one of my training sessions where I was with one of the weights, I was right around 106 to 108 miles an hour. Max is like, give me a little try with this. Try squatting a little bit, pushing up a little bit. Use the ground. 113, sleaze. That's all it took was just him saying, hey, use the ground. Picked up five miles an hour. Maybe Max should be a teacher after he's done winning a bunch of shit. But I'm telling you, I love this thing. It's literally one club. You just unscrew the bottom, add weights. The app is so detailed. It is so easy to use. I'm I'm obsessed with this thing. I want to do it every day, but it tells you to take a day off in between just to to rest the body. You got to rest this machine right here. Obviously. But I'm I'm a believer, man. When Mark Blackburn told me to do it, I was kind of like, yeah, I don't know. Telling you, get the stack. I'm gonna be hitting bombs. So how far? How many sessions you got under your belt now? Six. And what's your increase been? You're not hitting a ball. You're swinging a club. You're training that your body is. to go faster. But how big of a jump have you seen? So basically, I've gone up right around six miles an hour. That's nice. That's that's my fastest from from my baseline test. Yeah. Which that's nice. It's almost twenty yards. Good. I mean, I went from where it said two seventy three all the way up to two ninety nine. Yeah. That. That changes things. Get down, Mox. You know, I know you're just gonna be a three wood guy. But now. you know, I first heard about this thing with Matt Fitzpatrick, who went, who was not one of the longer guys. Well, actually, was one of the shorter guys. All of a sudden, he got to over 180 mile an hour ball speed working with this thing. It was created by Sasha McKenzie, uh, Marty Jertson from Ping. These guys created it. Telling you, you gotta go get yourself one. Go to the Golf.com Pro Shop. Use code Subpar and get 10% off. 10% off the price. But you're gonna hit like twenty percent longer. I think I'm, it'll pay for itself in just a few rounds with your buddies. Golf start reaching par fives and two. Code start hitting something. wedges. Done. Yeah, I'm a believer, man. If it works for you, by God, it's gonna work. And our, I don't know what that's supposed you know to be, I mean? but okay. But our guest that's this fair. week, the man can ship Let's it. Let's go. This is gonna be a fun one. If you're not real familiar with the name, he is a PGA Tour winner. I'm not kidding. This is one of my favorite episodes we've done. I think it's one of the most fascinating interviews because you just don't get guys that have been on the type of ride that Charlie Belgian has been on. Most people that do remember the name will probably remember 2012 Disney his win on the PGA tour, but it wasn't a normal win. I mean, he was, he was, we get into this in depth, but battling the anxiety to the point where he was being ambulanced off the golf course, sleeping in the hospitals before the final couple rounds, things like that. Doctors telling him, don't go out there, don't play. And he said, nah, I'm going. It was a That was a wild ride. It's a wild story, and I got to give him a tip of the cap. I mean, he opened up, was not scared to say everything that's gone on in his life. He's doing great now, which we're very happy it's for him. But this now. episode, I'm telling you right here, y'all are going to enjoy this. Here's Charlie Belgian on Golf Subpar. Okay, folks. We have a former U.S. Junior Am champ in the house. Turned Jicky Jack legend, turned PGA Tour winner. He is a hell of a talent with an unbelievable story. Very much looking forward to this one. Charlie Belgian is with us. Chucky, good to have you, bud. Hey, thanks for having me. I've been waiting to be on this for a few years, so I'm excited to be here. It's finally here. Tell Sleaze what it feels like to be a USGA champion. (sighs) Uh, Chuck, I was so close, dude. I don't even know if you know, bro. Yeah. 
I watched it. I was uh, right there. Boy, it's snatched a, from us. Yeah, they can't take it from you. And I consider it a major, man. I mean, they used to consider them majors back in the day until they changed it. But if you sit down with any guys that are on the board at the USGA or work there, they all consider it a major. So I would never tell anybody I'm a major champion. But uh, being a USGA champion, man, the USGA is what runs the world of golf. And so to be a champion of one of their major championships is um, something that I'll always have. And to be honest, man, that was that week looking back was better than my tour win, better than the other wins. Um, it was just a, a great week at Atlanta. Athletic Atlanta, Club. right? Yeah, Atlanta Athletic Zach, Club. Zach Reynolds. Wasn't Zach it? Reynolds. That's yeah, right. sure was. With OSU, Did you go to OSU? Uh, Oklahoma State, yeah. and then never heard yeah. a word about him after that. You ruined he him. was good. Yeah. He was a he was good, good junior. Who else did you run through in that thing? Anybody that ended up popping? Uh, I ran through Brian Harmon. Ooh. Yeah, I sure Close? did. It or was. No. I think it was 21 holes, wow. man, and it was dark, and I think I made a long putt on the last hole to, uh, to, to get him. I think that was in the quarters. But at the time, I had set the record for the most holes played to win a USGA championship. Every match I had went to 18 or extra holes. Damn. No shit. Yeah, yeah your final was extra. The final that? was three extra holes with tying triple bogeys on one That's hole. That's what Hell it was. Yeah. I knew there was some yeah. weird yeah. shit. Yeah. Yeah. Hold on. Take, can you remember this? How did it go? Sure. Yeah, who who messed up first? Uh, he messed up first from the right bunker. There's a lake in front of the green yeah. on yeah. 18, and he puts it right in the lake. I've got an eight iron, All I've got, and I've got 100 yards behind the <laughs> over the water and until the cart path and I dead fat it from the middle of the fairway right in the lake then we both chunk our chips or and we both three putted or something like that to tie with seven well, he soups that you got eight iron and you lay the sod lay the over. sod over uh, and pressure yeah. is a bitch pressure is that's a unbelievable bitch. that you came after doing that because normally the first guy that messes up like they lose they right because the other yeah. guy plays it safe and it happens yeah. but like for to him mess up you both tie with triple yeah. and you walk to the next hole like a double, a double, a double yep. cleans this thing and up. The, and to get to that hole, he goes and runs in about a 35 footer on the par three seventeenth, And I've got to make about a 20 footer to extend it. And I make it, I make the 20 footer and then we go to 18, we tie with triples and we come back to the par three and I hit it. I hit it. Triples. <laughs> yeah. That's incredible. I know, it is. It was and like I, super clutch though. Before that he, he hoops and you got a hoop to extend yeah, back and forth. And then, uh, okay. And then, um, we go back to 17, 150 yards down the hill. I hit a nine iron to like a foot. He hits it in there to like 12 feet and misses it. Um, and then I was really hoping he was going to give me that. It might have been 18 inches, boy, but it seemed long wow. at the time. Yeah. After a trip, be like, After, why don't you go ahead and kick that thing in? Yep. Yeah. That's an incredible story. <laughs> well, I never knew about the triples. Yeah, and what's even crazier is on the 18th hole, uh, the second round, the last hole, I made like a 60-footer to get into match play. And then kind of just, yeah. Really? I, from so you the were back like, of the green on 18, the pin was front left, and I hooped it to get into match play. No Otherwise, shit. you yeah. know, to be honest, if that putt doesn't go in, I was getting ready to go to MCC and, you know, who knows. And then all of a sudden that putt goes in, that week happens, and I've kind of got Every my pick to on the go wherever I want. Yeah, that's yeah. wild. I played behind Eduardo Molinari when he okay. won the U.S. Amateur at Marion, Marion. and he hooped a bunker shot yeah. on the last hole of stroke play to get into match play. Crazy. It's That's crazy. How it yeah. goes. There's so many stories. Wasn't that like to that. get into the playoff to then get it? Did he then advance out of the playoff? playoff? Yeah. It was like, I mean, I just remember I was behind him and he hooped it and he went crazy. And I was like, that must have meant something. I'll tell you, I got a from the US Junior, so I get exemptions into the to the US AM. So I roll into 
Bloomfield Hills. What's the one up there? Um, in Detroit? Um, uh, Oakland Hills. Oakland Hills. Yeah. And I'll never forget it. I go into a playoff. I make match play. I draw Anthony Kim the first oh, round. Oh, yeah. Let's go. Draw Anthony Kim. And we're on the tee. Just won the U.S. Junior. There's Jim Ahern, Philip James, the guys from Titleist, everybody right there. And he puts his peg in the ground and he turns around to all these guys and he goes, I'm going to be the first one to beat the U.S. Junior Amateur Champ. And then uh, on 18, he gave me about a three-footer because all I had to do was two-putt it to beat him. But let me tell you what, I made the record-setting amount of putts on him, man. He was oh, so discouraged for that's... sure. But uh, I'll never forget that, man. I was like, this asshole is not going to beat me. And, <laughs> that's but, too big. Ta like, you were a monster, like, junior golfer, college golfer, yeah. too. But, like, to win the junior am A to even advance the match play yeah. at the USAM is a big deal. But then you draw AK. Yeah, and, like, right out of the dude, gate. Dude, that's a talent. Yeah. And Did you know him at the time? I, uh, I didn't know him at the time. And then um, I beat him and then ended up playing my, my, form or my former roommate, Spencer. Wow. And, Sp and Spencer drummed me. Spence. Yeah, I think he beat me like five and four or four and three or something. He but we just smoked cigarettes down the fairway, had a We're good laugh. And uh, it was a lot of fun, man. You didn't know you'd be future how, teammates. Yeah, yeah. How, future so, roommates, yeah, as a matter of fact. Yeah, as a matter team. of fact, that was one of the things that we had to do at New Mexico to get Spence to come was I got uh, – I begged my coach to let me out of the dorms after the first semester of my freshman year so I could live in an apartment with him and that because he didn't want to live in the dorms. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, we ended up we ended up my girlfriend and I and Spencer living in an apartment together. And let me tell you what, it was it was a great time. That's, yeah, that team. Which we'll I want to get to. That. I want to know how like what made you choose New Mexico of all the places you're from Arizona. You're obviously world you're, beater. Like, you were the guy. World beater. Yeah. You probably could have chose a lot of places. No disrespect to New Mexico. No, but. not at all. Um, you know, I really wanted to be a Florida Gator or a Wildcat. And um, I didn't like flying at the time. So a long flight kind of took me right out of it. And then Rick LaRose, who was the coach at U of A, comes over to my house for a dinner. And the guy calls me his hush puppy like 30 times while we're sitting at dinner. His hush puppy. He's talking, about, he's, yeah, he's talking about Ricky Barnes. We're having this talk, but he keeps referring to me as his hush puppy. And he walked out the door and I looked right at my mom. And I remember I started crying because I said, this is where I've always wanted to go. But I'm not going to play for this guy that's calling me his hush puppy. I didn't even know what it meant. I didn't know anything. Dude, I still don't know what it means. I don't know. Incredible. He had yeah. a, a good friend of ours. Screw it. I thought it was his name. Andrew Medley. Yeah. Transferred from Ole Miss to that Arizona team. You would have been on the same team yeah. with him. Ricky Barnes was a senior and all this stuff. And LaRose, for whatever reason, called him Veg. Okay. His name Veg for vegetable, which no one's ever, no one calls him that now. No one ever else in the world called him that. But he has a great story at Karsten Creek. I'll mess up the story, but basically it was coming. One guy was shooting a million, so Medley's score was going to count. And they're on a whole water part three. Like, you need to just don't butcher this thing and get to the house, and we're going to advance. We're going to go to Instagram Glaze or whatever it was. Good coaching there. Yeah. Just don't fuck he, this he, up. Now, he, <laughs> Medley tells it like he never followed me around. He was with Rick 100% of the time, and all yeah. of a sudden here he is. I'm like, oh, oh Jesus, what's yeah. going on? Well, Medley, of course, like junk drag hooks one into the lake, ends up making dub or trip. They miss. Whatever it was they were trying to do, they didn't do it. And at the end of it, uh, LaRose just goes and was like, Veg, you just don't have it. <laughs> That's good. So good. And he's like, yep, you're right. I quit. <laughs> My first time like really seeing him, and not just a bag on him. I mean, he obviously had a great program. 100%. Oh, but I remember at NCAAs at Caves Valley, we finished okay. up one of the rounds, and their van was like two down from us, and he was just losing his shit, yeah. screaming at his team. And I'm like, I just don't feel like that would make me play better. Right. <laughs> I'm not no. a football player. There was a few of those that were like, you saw him for yeah. the first time, and you were like scared. Like Mike no Holder, question. when you first saw Mike Holder, yeah, you were not like, oh, Holder wasn't a yeller. He's just intimidated. Yeah, he's just, just scared. Yeah. 
I saw I ran into him. Down. Jeff Queen and I ran into him at the Aria High Limit Room. This was a couple years ago, and I mean he's still intimidating. But we played blackjack with him until about four in the morning. There and you had go. A blast. Really? And had a good scared time. To like, do you want me to hit here? Should I hit? I just <laughs> don't make I, me run. I got to tell just, these yeah. two quick stories about LaRose. And like you said, he had a killer program, won a lot of championships, but he was just known for these stories. So we're in Hawaii, and I'm playing with Nate Lashley, and we're on the tenth hole, and Nate hits it to like a foot, man. And uh, LaRose is over in his cart reading the paper, and we get up there, and Nate puts down his bag, and he goes and he misses the putt, man, and he flips out. And uh, sounds, right. sounds about right, right? <laughs> sounds and right LaRose comes out, you know, puts his paper down, walks up, and he goes, Nate, he goes, you can't get that upset. He goes, you're not good enough to make all those. <laughs> And I thought the steam that was going to come out of Nate's ears was going to make his head explode. And, uh, but there was just so many. And then one time, first tournament of the year, we're in Japan. And Henry Lau, remember Henry? Oh, yeah. yeah. Speaking of world beaters. World beater. Yeah. Now he's teaching over at the Rancho Cucamonga, yeah, the, where in, they have the Q school. And he's done really well for yeah, himself. Murray, uh, yeah, yeah. He's over um, in Southern Cal teaching. Bellevue or not. Yeah, one some, of the, Belmont or some, one of those anyway. He was a monster. But Henry Lau and I were on the first tee. And Japan, very first shot of the year, and Henry hits it out of bounds left, and here comes LaRose up in his golf cart, gets out and walks up, and he looks right at Henry, and he goes, Henry, how's it feel to ruin your All-American season on the first swing of the year? And I was just <laughs> like, oh, my gosh, man. It was just – it was it was so funny, and I've those stories just stuck with me yeah. for so long because they're just such great one-liners that he yeah, had. Yeah, I have to get Coach Damn on just yeah. to hear some of these, his side of some of these stories. Yeah. So who'd you shit on the most during your career? <laughs> well, it was Medley, but I never expected much from him. Right. But these other guys were yeah. pretty good. And he used the food nicknames. Yeah. And apparently, I didn't yeah. know about the Hush, Hush Puppy. Puppy. That's a weird, yeah. like, just meet him. And for I the dig first Hush time. Puppies, man. They're and you good. were ready to ink, too. No, quite, I was ready to go. To go. Like, 100%. Okay, so hold on. So why New Mexico, though? Uh, so I went over to New Mexico, and their practice facilities were top notch. I mean, they, they got their own golf course, they had their own practice facility down there with like a 300 yard driving range and like 10 or 12 different greens you could hit two and um they showed me a really good time on my recruiting trip there you go and their, their facilities were great and it was a five-hour drive and i said this is where i'm going so i uh i remember he picked me up that <laughs> he picked me up that morning to take me to the airport and i had to peel myself off the bathroom floor and put myself together <laughs> to go to the airport. Uh, but I told him at the airport, I said, Coach, this is where I'm coming, man. And uh, never looked back. And it was the best decision of my life because uh, Coach Milliken, he took care of me in a way that I don't think any other coach could have. I had bad back problems. He did above and beyond what I think anybody else would have done. But uh, to leave here and go play in the cold on a different grass and then some wind in the spring made all the difference of, uh, for my game. There's a lot of guys here that were better than me, and they, you know, they went to ASU, they went to U of A, and they kind of – when you play up on this overseed all the time, man, and you, it's pretty easy. You get spoiled. You get like spoiled, you for sure. You wind or bad lies. You're like, how am I supposed exactly. to – Exactly. And that's why, like, you know, when I play a couple tournaments around here when I'm bored or something, boy, I want a little 10-mile-an-hour breeze because nobody knows how to play oh, in it. They don't yeah. even show up, like they, Exactly. It's not. There weren't too many. It's sunny and seventy-five, but there's like an eight-mile-an-hour breeze, so they're like, nope, conditions aren't good. Practice tomorrow. Exactly. There weren't too many dudes beating you. You said there were dudes going to ASU that were better than you. I mean, you were a monster in this state. Yeah. You won state like multiple times. Yeah. You were all. But like at the time, like guys like Jesse Mueller. Yeah, he's, uh, and he's the, good. And those guys were good, man, no doubt. And then, uh, and then, shoot, Mueller just won that club pro championship. Mueller's still good, bro. Yeah, and if he could hit it further in the air, he'd have 
been he, he could have done it yeah because i mean, he made it cuts it open because he played sony last week because he gets the yeah. five spots or whatever but uh hopefully he does something i heard in high school you had to deal with little ben marsh a little occasionally too yeah little <laughs> he, ben marsh he was a brilliant guy like, like, I, I need one more question for belgian for our e9 he goes Ask him how it felt to get dummied by me all through high school. <laughs> yeah. You don't even know what you're talking about. Yeah, like, who the hell's Ben Marsh? Yeah, exactly. He's on the bottom yeah, of the shoe right about, now. He's about this yeah. tall. Yeah, that's yeah. him. Yeah, and yeah. grown. So, dude, and his uh, dad's still up at Whisper Rock. Oh yeah, yeah one of the great, best dudes of all time. Best dudes of yeah. all time. So yeah. absolutely. Marsh, by the way, they're yeah. both the best. Really dudes good. That yeah. New Mexico team, though, like they've had some guys come out. You can be good there, but y'all's team, because we that was when we moved to Mountain West. TCU. We played against y'all at the end, dude. Is you Spence? Jay uh, Choi, Jay Choi, Jay Reynolds, Jay Reynolds, and then our, it was a our squad. Yeah, and our fifth guy kind of rotated between that Matalizzo, Mutia. Yeah, Matty was uh, awesome. But nicest boy, kid of all nicest time. Nicest kid of all time. Yeah, we didn't ever say a bad word out of his mouth, but boy, we listened to the nastiest rap music on the way to tournaments <laughs> yeah, that, he that he was putting on. So it was it was good, man. College was a great time. Anybody that's thinking about skipping college golf is it's they're crazy because that's the best time of your life. Just going there, dude. Yeah, I mean, no it's one of those things. Once you get out of it, you're like. Damn, that was pretty good. I had really pretty good. good really know? good. But when you're there, you're like, can't wait to. Well, what's hard about college now, and especially as the years have gone by, these kids are so spoiled. Like, literally, back, what was that, 2004, 5, 6, something like that? I mean, you were told what time to be at the airport. You just you parked for free. They shuttled you. You got there. Your coach handed you your boarding pass. You didn't have to worry about rooms. You didn't have to worry about anything. And then you leave college and you're like, wow. There's a lot more to who just show. I me? know. Who yeah, does I this? book a plane ticket. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, shoot, I still have my Southwest Rapid Rewards uh, deal that I started up in college, That's man. Yeah. Miles for days. Yeah, 100%. That Also, that New Mexico team, I would feel very confident saying this. No team in the history of college sports went through more darts in a round of golf than that New Mexico team. Dude, no it was, they were a fact. And I would say also some of the biggest personalities ever the assembled on a golf. Dude, y'all ripped hearts you know our coach he didn't care but we unfortunately took advantage of the situation and then one time we were getting ready to go down to u of a's tournament had a practice round jay Choi, myself and spencer all decided to smoke some cigarettes didn't really care coach finds out benches us so he takes his doesn't take his three best B-team. guys they go down and they finish last or second to last but uh yeah, we took advantage of the situation for sure, and uh, we paid the price. All right, boys, y'all want reds or lights? I mean, <laughs> yeah, back in the line. Exactly. <laughs> when you do well, Spencer smoking. never had to share because Spencer smoked the reds, man, and yep. Jay Choi and I were on so, the ultra uh, lights. Spence on the darts was the best. Oh, so you could just see it coming up from the visor. No like, from the visor. Like, take a picture of exactly that, Exactly right. And he's ready to freak out. <laughs> yep. We're playing Texas A&M's tournament, and I get paired with Spence and Tyler Leon. Okay. First tee, Tyler's over there putting sunscreen on. He's like, Spence, you want some? Spence goes, nah, I'll die from lung cancer way before I die from skin <laughs> exactly, cancer. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. Got it. Now, he's he's gone a, a whole bunch of years now without yeah. smoking. Yeah, yeah he's we had him good. on radio. He's like all yeah. the way off all he, that. Yeah. Putting like cigarettes. Happy Gilmore, doing some weird shit putting. Yeah. But he's, yeah, just, he no qualified for Vegas. No booze, right? Yeah, he qualified for Vegas, I think. I he's think. off all of that stuff. Yeah. Um, Game went to shit. That, uh, uh, yeah. God, he uh, was good. That was a that hell of a That dude, not I've never... I would just watch him practice the way he hit balls and did that Gary player follow through. But when people ask me who's the best putter that you've ever seen or whatever, I say hands down day in and day out. And Aaron Badley's right there, but I haven't played as much with him, but Spencer, it was going to hit the hole from any distance, man. It was incredible. And that's what's so crazy. Like later on in his PGA tour career, he went from one of the best putters to one of the most defensive putters. Yeah. Ever. Like if it yeah. if it went in, it dripped over it the front dri- edge. Right. I'm like Spencer, you've always made everything. Like everything. Are you scared of a three footer yeah. coming back? But 
man, he he was one of my favorites to get paired with, not only because he would lose his shit, but he just knew how to play golf. Knew how to play didn't, golf. Wasn't the prettiest thing. Yep. Wasn't the most beautiful golf swing. Didn't hit it nine miles. He got he put a score yep. on a scorecard that was better than a lot of people's. Every time. It seemed it was, like it. Was it every didn't want to lose. Didn't want to lose. That's what made him great, man. He did not want to lose. And he yeah, and he did not accept losing well. But he didn't lose often. <laughs> the first <laughs> hole in Tucson, I tell him this, you probably remember this, dude. We were paired with you off. I don't remember who I was playing with from your team. Spence was in the group in front of us. So I'm talking to Spence on the tees, getting ready to tee off. Was Hit a little too like iron Mountain West at, or something? Uh, yeah, probably okay. no, I think it was U of A's tournament at the time. It could have been our conference okay. at um but one, you hit the little two iron out there, hit it some sort of short iron. It's a yep. nothing burger hole, right? Yeah. He goes up there, hits a two iron. Or something like, All right, see you later. Hits a two iron down the middle of the fairway. Everything's good. He was playing with JJ Colleen, actually. Okay. Gets up there. Tough break. They hit their second shot into the greens, and we tee off. We get up there. We're waiting by our balls, and it's taking them a while. All of a sudden, Spence apparently plugs it in the front bunker, night, you know, chops it out, goes back behind the green, chops it back to the front, misses, taps in, and his bag is still down by the bunker. He was the first to finish out, grabs the pin, takes his. Takes the pin, javelins it at his bag, which like hit his bag, which is unbelievable because that's hard to right, do. Knocks right. his bag down. Whole fucking mayhem is going on. Puts the stick in. Takes his visor off. It's a 36-hole day, by the way, and it's 96 degrees. Yeah. Takes his visor off, crumples it, throws it with his ball into that little ravine that you walk over, going to the second tee. And they were like, look down here, look down here. All Spencer shit. He came back and shot like... He was like in no second doubt. at the end of the day. Sometimes Double that's what he first. needed was to get lit, lit up on the and first just, or second like, hole. We're one and hole in, dude. And he's, at, and he's doing that. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Normally, like that's hole yeah. 31 and you've yeah. had enough, but yeah. it was one. One. That yeah. same tournament God. we played out, he was that's in a fairway bunker and he hit this beautiful <laughs> fairway bunker shot. Came up like 20 feet short of the hole. And I was like, dude, great shot, Spence. He's fucking javelins his club 60 yards. Goes, don't ever fucking talk to my ball. And I go, I was like, what? And he goes, sorry, dude. I thought I stoned it. I was like, Jesus, this guy scares me, little fella. I'll never forget, too. We're playing the Mountain West Conference Championship up at Crosswater in Bend, Oregon, man. What a spot that is. We were so lucky to be able to go there all the time. So good. But I make like a 30-footer on the last hole to put our team into a playoff with BYU. So we all, you know, we finish, we go to number one T there's, you know, their five players, our five players, the coaches, a few people around. And I kid you not, Spencer, he's getting ready to hit it, man. And he backs off of it and he rolls up his sleeves and he turns to the BYU team. He goes, boys, I'm going to make this quick because I'm hungry. And that was, and the guy, and the guy goes out and he birdies the first hole. Of course hole. he did, dude. And he birdies he's the like first the only one, guy man. It was, it, he was just, he was awesome, man. He was yeah, he was a different a different cat, but boy, he was good. I loved him. Yeah, yeah no he would question. come with like I had a dream last night about putting like or what like with my eyes like I'm making something up like putting with my eyes closed and it worked. Or Hogan told me in a yeah. dream to do it, and I'd be like, okay, dude, yeah, yeah good, good fucking luck. And then you'd shoot, you'd look up sixty six. I'm like, yeah, dream him, worked. Him and his dad's relationship was quite special as well. It was extremely special. Have you ever heard the one about Boston? TPC Boston playoffs. He was like on the cut line with on 15 with a few to play and he's struggling getting in he's going out there but i guess his dad's walking along the cart yeah. path and is very vocal oh, yeah, 100 yeah and spencer hits the shot the i guess matches the green and uh hears his dad say something he goes dad shut the fuck up i got this <laughs> <laughs> he did not care he didn't care he did not man. care he didn't dude he was just he was great don would man. occasionally caddy for them and they needed a uh, camera on them at all times because i thought they were going to kill each other yeah he's one of those could. dudes that like needs to be like that though if he try if he like reigns it uh, he, in he'll he'll just it, implode no question he needed to like have that course. release like that, that made him, i think that fired him up and shit because like, he did it he could be four under and have him melt down. You uh-huh. know? But then he'd be seven then, under exactly. five holes later. Exactly. Yeah, My sure first would. tournament as a pro was San Antonio, and I think I played with Spence on Saturday, and Don's on the bag. 
in the 15th hole. Spence blocks it way right. And his dad runs off the fucking tee, throws his hat on the ground, and looks at him and goes, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> like, this is a great player-caddy relationship. No question. Right no. It's so good. Spence. Priceless. I mean, He's... We could tell Spence stories for four hours. Yeah. We should. I called you. Um, we should. <laughs> we should. They, we should just do a whole show with that. We're going to get him on, too, by the way. We'll, we'll, get, he would we'll be, be in touch with you he before would be priceless. that. But you get out of UNM. You go to, I called you a Jicky Jack legend, which there aren't many. There are very few, actually. You are one. You didn't this spend that right. long on the Jicks. How many did you think you won? But the uh, Jicks were different back then. When nine. we came out, we were just talking about it before. It was I like won, real tournaments. I think I won like nine on the Gateway Tour. But when it was real, it was 150 dudes, two waves, two courses. 30 grand a week. It was yeah, the greatest was gig ever. You showed up, you rode in carts, you played in threesomes under four hours, you had a money game the day before, and the same 10 guys made a fortune. And then afterwards, you'd go and have a bunch of beers and hang out and party, and then you'd wait two days and you'd do it again. you drive 25 minutes to the golf course. No question. Back uh -huh. home for yep. lunch. 30 and that's grand it. a pop, that's nice. No, it, it was, was real it was, when it first It was started. awesome, man. I think, I think two years, I made like almost 200 grand. And 16 or 17 weeks living at my, I mean, if that came back, I'd be all about it for <laughs> yes, sure. 100%. But, uh, and they were all around here. All around all here. here. Yeah. yeah. It was, yeah, I never had more than like a 30 or 40 minute drive from the house. It was. But you were still doing Q school every year. And I was still doing Q school every year. Yeah. Uh, five years. Uh, every year I got through first stage and. Every year, I never showed up for my final round of second stage because I was so far out of it. I'm like, hell, I'm going home. This is, this is, uh, yeah, I'm not going to waste an extra five hours of my time when yeah. I get, even if I shoot 59, it's not going to matter. What was that moment like when you, when you finally made it through and you got your card? Oh, man. It, uh, back when you could. Yeah, back when you could. Well, yeah. I think this year they're bringing that back, aren't bringing they? Five, five, back, five yeah. spots, which is a good idea. But I'll never forget uh, Palm Springs where they're playing right now. I had like 150 yards in, and it was uh, little water on the right, and I probably hit it 30 yards left of the green, playing the yellow golf ball at the time. I remember that. And uh, I go over there, and I've got to make five to, to get my card, at least for what I thought. And I chip it up there to about six feet, and I make this putt. And I remember just dropping my arms and putting my – or dropping my putter and putting my arms up in the air. And then um, – and yeah, and the rest was history. It was, it was incredible. I remember um, – you know, Mike Dunphy from Strixon was there and we and Andy Dawson and, and we all went out that night and had a good one. And, you know, Dunphy at the time after I won the U.S. Junior, he was my first. When I played the U.S. Junior, dude, I only had 13 clubs in my bag. No, 12 clubs in my bag because I had broken a five iron and a four iron <laughs> and I didn't have the money or didn't know the people to get them fixed right before. So I won the U.S. Junior with 12 clubs with a one iron. That might be a record. And um and then, yeah, it was just, uh, it was a incredible time. Yeah, you were a dude that like, it took you, like you, you missed a second, like you said. But yeah. everyone around here knew, like you can tell, you said the same 10 guys. Exactly. Were, and the, even some of the 10, like, I would be like, look, he's good, but he yeah. ain't tour, yeah. he ain't gonna go win on tour. He's not gonna have a big career mm -hmm. out there on tour. There's you and a couple, like Finau would have been right. another one I would have mentioned. I'd be like, those dudes have that next gear. Yeah. You like, were, it's, it's, a, it's just coming. It's you were one of, of the guys, like you're, you're older than I am, but you were one of the first guys that I was like, holy shit, he hits it far. Far yeah. as shit. Yeah. That's all, you know, it's so funny because that's all anybody wants to see me do in that. And I don't hit it far now, man. I, I hit well, it Everyone like, does now. Everybody Stupid. does now. So I played an event on the Outlaw Tour, Asher Tour, whatever it is, a couple months ago. And I kid you not, I was lasering this kid with my <laughs> laser because he was so far in front of me. And I'm telling you, it was between 55 and 70 yards. 
every time that I was. Who was it? Yeah. It was his name was Caleb Ramirez from uh, Ohio State, and he came out here and he's playing. I don't think I think he's just playing the mini tours around here. I don't think he's ever gotten through school or anything like that. But these all these kids hit That's it. Sickening. But the problem is, is they don't understand the game. They don't no. understand the angles. They'll put a couple in the houses or the trees, and that's why I can still compete with these guys because I'm just smarter than they are when it comes to golf course management. But when you when you were getting going on tour, was there anyone that like when you got paired with him, you're like, damn, he really moves it. Um, you were one of the longest like guys DJ. out there. Yeah, I mean, Bubba and I for two years went back and forth yeah. constantly before, um, uh, yeah, one guys. and two, yeah, before everybody started to really hit it. But yeah, I used to, I used to bomb it, and people wanted. I used that Cleveland Classic mm-hmm. with the. I remember mahogany. playing so many jicks with you, and you taking lines. I was like, oh, the bunker, it's three fifteen. Yeah. I'd be like, all right, I need to peel it around that, and you just be like, I'm going left of well, it. It's and it's over like. It. Uh, Southern Dunes back in the day was a chip oh. and putt for me because I could carry it 315 and take it all those bunkers. Holes. Now I go play it and I'm like, damn, this is a good golf course because you got to maneuver it between <laughs> the, you know, if you can't carry it 300, it's a lot harder. And but, Welcome to my life. Yeah. What, did you, what did you hit into Riv when you almost won there, when you lost in the playoff? I, did, am I 18? misremembering? You hit, uh, dude, was like a, was it a gap wedge? It was wedge? a gap wedge. Dude, that's, yeah. I mean, yeah. you play, that's, what do you yeah. hit in that hole? It not was, gap wedge. Not gap wedge. Like that's sickening. Dumb, yeah. dumb far. It was, uh, yeah. I mean, there was a lot of adrenaline, and I smashed it. But, yeah, it was a gap wedge into 18 at Riven. You lost in the playoff there. Yeah, not on 18, on number 10. Yeah. So, talking, you want a quick, funny story. So, I, I I hate number 10. The very first time I show up at Riv, I'm playing number 10. I'm playing with Ratif Goosen and Bo Van Pelt. And we're in the fairway. All of us are in the fairway on 10. And I watch Ratif walk off with a 7. Bo walk off with a 7. I walked off with a 4. I couldn't have been happier but since that time and i watched these guys go back and forth between those bunkers it haunted me so after 18 in the first playoff hole merrick hits it in the right trees then i guess the saying is true trees are 90 percent air because he just blasts it through like eight trees ends up on the green we make par so we go to 10 and i try to drive it terrible mistake but um I ended up missing like a five footer, which all I had on my mind at that time was the masters. I didn't mm-hmm. care about the money. I didn't care about any of that. I just wanted to play in the masters and my win at Disney didn't get me in. So they, they say, Hey, you need to come to the media room. So I walked down the 10th fairway. I go to the media and they're asking me, and I said, I just don't understand why a golf course that has 17 of the best holes. They, we, we play this ridiculous hole that needs a windmill and a clown's mouth. And the room kind of went silent. So about four months goes by, and uh, I, I'm like, hey, guys, you want to – I had some buddies. They're like, let's go play Riv. And I'm like, sure, I'll call them up. So I call up, <laughs> I call up Riv, man, and I don't remember the, the head pro's name at the time. But I said, hey, you know, I'm, I'm going to be in town. Can I bring a few buddies out? And he goes, well, he goes, we haven't got around to installing the clown's mouth or the windmill, so you're not welcome. And I just wow. – That was like my first moment Ooh. where I was like – I might actually have to pay a little bit of attention to what I say because it was like the first time something came back and kind yeah. of bit me, you know, but I laughed about it. But Riv was a cash cow for me, man. I think I had yeah. a first, a third, an eighth. I mean, it was just, it was perfect. I bombed it. and Well, I always laugh because I played terrible there, but I would, you would look at the leaderboard and it was you, Dustin Johnson, J.B. Holmes, Bubba Watson. Every, everybody that's smashed I, yeah, they play it. Keegan Bradley. Every year. Every and I, was year. Like, I can well tell then. you five guys are going to finish in the top ten this mm-hmm. week before we start. It's like the maybe the easiest ones. Like, here they are. They'll be up there yeah. somewhere. Or three of these four will be up there. Yeah. That and the Greenbrier. The Greenbrier was always good to me, too. Yeah. yeah. We well, didn't see many weekends together. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go back to that first win, though, that you mentioned. Your Disney okay. 2012. Because that's the one, like, to this day, 
Yeah. I'd say maybe the most fascinating, interesting, different win that I've seen on the PJ Tour. 100%. When you think back to that week, like kind of walk us through it for maybe some of the listeners who aren't as familiar with what what all happened that week. Yeah, so I just had my son like a month prior and I'm going into Disney that week and I need a solo third to keep my tour card. Yeah. And um I teed off and we played the hard course, the Magnolia course first. I think I shot three or four under on Thursday. We go into Friday and I'm sitting there on the range feeling good and um, I'm smoking a cigarette. And then all of a sudden, man, something comes over me. I look at my caddy and I said, I'm just, I'm not feeling that good. Something's wrong, but I, I had to play, man. My mm-hmm. whole job was on the line. So I quit hitting balls. I went and hit a few putts and I'm like, man, I'm not feeling good. So he went and got a paramedic or somebody, they came over. And, uh, you know, they said my blood pressure was a little bit high. And I said, well, what am I going to die? And they said, no. So then I said, all right, let's go. So I tee off and I hit it to like a foot on the par five. I'm playing with Edward Lore and I don't even mm-hmm. remember who else. Ed Lore, yeah. yeah. And that guy just had triplets or something at that mm-hmm. time. And um, I make eagle on the first hole. I birdie the second hole. Before I know it, I'm just in this... Uh, I don't even know what to call it, man. I, I shoot like seven under on the front nine, but the whole time I feel like I'm going to die. Like my, I can't feel my hands. Everything's kind of buzzing in my arms. My heart's beating, but I know I can't quit, man. So we make the turn. The paramedics come out, take my vitals. They do that. And they say, hey, have a Snickers bar and, and something, you know, maybe you need some sugar. But my blood, pr- or my blood pressure, my heart rate was out of control. They're like, maybe you shouldn't go play. And I'm like, well, that's not an option. So I start on the back nine, I birdie like 10, 12, 13 or something like that. And I'm just on a roll. And so then I decide, well, if I smoke more cigarettes, maybe that's going to make me feel better because <laughs> that fixes because everything. Fixing the cigarettes at the time fixed, fixed everything. <laughs> so I smoke one and then I instantly feel worse. Well, lo and behold, I, I've, I, uh, I get to 18, I miss the green. I make this crazy up and down for par. I don't even know how I made it. And I, I finish and I just, I just start crying and I'm walking into the to the scoring tent. I remember there's Tommy Ganey and Jason Kokrak and they're sitting there and they're like, Hey, great play. And they see tears coming down my eyes. So I go in, we check my scorecard like 10 times because I'm just, I'm, I don't even know where I'm at really. And, uh, they say, we're calling the, the paramedics. And, and so this ambulance rolls up, there's people everywhere. They back it up to the scoring tent. They bring in a stretcher. I have all my clothes on. They strap me down. Meanwhile, the tour and the golf channels want to do some quotes because I'm leading the tournament at the time. And they take me to the Arnold Palmer Hospital there. And I uh, they ran every test known to man. I spent the night there. I slept in my shoes. They let me go about 7 or 8 o'clock the next morning. Andy Dawson picked me up, took me to my hotel. I tried to get a couple hours of sleep, but I couldn't. And then... Um, and then I went out and played uh, Saturday. I think I shot even par, maybe one under, and stayed in it. And then um, got done there and, you know, had everybody wanting to know a million questions. I went to dinner that night with Andy Dawson. I don't remember where, but we walked in and it's like one person recognized me. And then before I know it, I had everybody on top of me. And I was like, holy sh- shit, man, like what? this is big time. I, and that's kind of like when I realized I got a chance to win a tour event. So actually my... Uh, my wife at the time, ex-wife now, and my son flew in with my mom and, and her mom. And uh, so they came and watched me for the the final round. Um, and I, I made everything, man. I think I birdied six holes in a row or something, like 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, doubled 13, birdied 14. And then we get to 18. And... Um, 
handlebar was my caddy at the time. And he's like, we can make double and still win this. So I pull five iron off the tee and uh, hit five iron out there in this right bunker. And I'm like, all right, so we got a seven iron in. I hit that up in the in the greenside bunker. And I hadn't been hitting good bunker shots all <laughs> yeah, week, of man. Course it's not how it always goes, just, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. So I'm sitting there, and I'm on a little upslope. And I'm like, all right, if anything, you can fat this. Because I've already viewed that there's grandstands and people and stuff behind if I blade <laughs> it. Crazy I'm like, brain. It is. It is crazy. And uh, so I literally fat it out to 20 feet. And I roll it up there to about three feet. And I'm thinking to myself, you just can't screw this up, man. You can two putt from three feet. I must have taken my putter back a half an inch. And that ball just barely rolled over the edge. Because if I missed it, man, I wasn't yeah, you know, going to have any work. And I think it was maybe Garrigus or I don't remember who I just clipped. No, it was. Um, Chris Stroud, I feel like. I want to say it was. Jerry Kelly. No, I actually looked at it. Yeah, it might have been Jerry Kelly. Might have been Jerry Kelly or Jerry Kelly needed me to do something so he could keep his car. But anyway, I finish and but I'll never forget it. I finish and behind the green waiting for me were the only two guys and it was Tommy Ganey and Jason Kokrak. And uh, we had a drink together, got the trophy, but it just meant a lot that those two guys, they saw me there when I came off the course on Friday and then uh, they were there after my win. And so... Have nice relationships wild. with both of those yeah. guys. I yeah. played that week, and yeah. I mean, it was just that was obviously the story. The like, sto- what in the hell is going what on? What is, is going this guy on? Play man. Golf is, so did it end up just being anxiety? It was a panic yeah. attack, yeah. but I'd never even heard the word anxiety, so I didn't even. I had no idea what it was. I thought I was having a heart attack, and at the time, I was probably one of the most unhealthy individuals. So I'm like, fuck, maybe it's my time. You know, maybe this is I'm going to win a tournament and then go out, but it didn't happen. Yeah, you never. So you, like I was gonna say, you never battled that before. Did it? Never. Did it continue after? Terribly. Yeah. It, uh, what, really? What's the? What's the? Because anxiety, like beta blockers, was a thing for a while. And they outlocked the outlocked yeah, those. Like it's a performance those. enhancer for golf. So what are your options when you have anxiety but you're trying to play tour events? Eat, eat Xanax. Oh, you can do yeah, Xanax. Yeah, you can crank. But that's got to be tough to Xanax play. and Zoloft and whatever else. But uh, so that's what I did, man. And. I suffered terrible anxiety to the point where I think it was like 2015, I'm at Houston and I couldn't turn the doorknob to leave my hotel room to go play. And I called Ricky Romano, my caddy at the time, and said, dude, I said, I can't play today. And and uh, so he came over to the room. We went to the parking lot there. We found the tour doctors kind of discussed and I took a leave of absence then. And and uh, then I, I think I took about six months off, uh, which it was hindsight it was the worst idea ever because now i was getting paid some disability i'm at home playing mm-hmm. golf partying tenfold and everything got worse man and uh, i suffered terrible anxiety until 26 months ago when i gave up the booze so yeah. with with the anxiety wow. was it was it only on the golf course or was it all the time you know what it was only on the golf course so man. was it just like result driven or fear of failure like what was it you know i think it could have been all i i at the time man i did i did i cared what everybody thought Mm -hmm. for sure and i think that drove a lot of it and then you know my career was always four or five good weeks a year and 20 terrible ones you know half the time i'd leave after thursday because just like q school i was so far out of even making the cut i'm like well rick i'm not gonna waste our time buddy we're out of here and uh but i think yeah i think you know the fear-driven, what uh, people were going to think, what I was going to shoot, what my peers were going to think. And then as it kept getting worse and worse and my play got worse and worse, it just got even more intense to the point where I couldn't even handle it. But the the nasty cycle was is you would take the Xanax and smoke the pot and drink the booze because then you'd feel good. But 
then those just made it just so much worse it. the next day, man. And then that's how the vicious cycle just got rolling. It, I actually don't know that is Xanax a lot. Like, will you fail a drug test with Xanax? No, you or won't. No? That's no. yeah. You're allowed to take Xanax. Yep. When this was all going on, like, is this around the time, like you said, I was partying tenfold. Like, you had a run there where you you would go pretty hard. Is that when that was all starting? The drinking, the booze, and all that. Yeah, which I mean, clean from now, the, but from the time I got on tour to the time I left tour, man, it was uh, unfortunately my priorities was wrong. But I had a great time. Yeah, I I tore it off as often as I could. Where, and you like, were for you, like, like I mean, I, I was out there the same time you were. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't know you extremely well. Yeah. We got paired together, knew you, but like, who were, were you running around with other tour players? Like, you know, who'd you hang out well, with? Well, I was, I had the rig, so I was parking, yeah. I was parking with Daly and yeah. Sabatini, <laughs> and, uh, you know, occasionally Jason Day was there, Garrigus was there. Uh, so we had a nice group, but a lot of times I just invited guys over to the rig yeah. and, and would party, or, you know, like if you went to Charlotte, Charlotte always had a good players' party, Dallas. Um, but man, I, to be honest, I just, I made the party wherever I was or wherever I was at. I it just, was, I turned it up and, and rock and roll. It was, it was, it'd been like that since the Jickies. I mean, yeah. even when I was with you, we'd go somewhere out of town by like, if y'all want to go, like there's a group right there. Like they'll go, they'll you know go. what I mean? They'll go 100%. every night and then other people would just kind of pop in and out. Yep. And, uh, yeah, we just cranked until early hours of the night and it didn't matter what time the tea time was. And we had a great time. You and JD sure. were can't like that was kind of your running mate for a while right yeah. when you had the, yeah. the mainly RV. you know him and i never went anywhere but yeah sitting out in the rvs him and sabatini and that i mean just just fantastic times for sure really good times so obviously things are really good right now which we're going to get yeah. to in a little bit but looking back if you could do it all over again would you have cleaned it up well you know i'm kind of in a spot where i'm thinking about doing it all over again because i feel like i uh I owe it to myself. If I made it to the tour and, and won on the tour and was able to stay out there for five or six years doing that, what could I do mm -hmm. doing it the way that you should do it? No, I wouldn't change it. Yeah. I think um, I had a great time. I was, you know, I didn't grow up with money. I had money in my pocket. I had every opportunity available. As you know, when you get out there, the things that you're presented, you can do anything. So I had experiences that I would have, you, you couldn't make up or dream up some of them, you know, and I got to, I got to live those because I was good at golf. And then I started mixing the party in and boy, you could just, uh, the day could get away from you quick. I mean, looking at you now, you've been clean for a long time. Congratulations yeah. on that. You yeah, built awesome. like a shit house. Like Dude, when I saw you the other day, I was like, God damn, what have you been doing, bro? Like yeah. you look like a tied in now looking back on it. So that's been a while. Was there a, was there a rock bottom or a moment, like a one specific moment? Where you're like this got to stop, dude. Can't keep going. Uh, yeah. I mean, not when I was on tour, but you know, just to, like uh, shut it all down. Yeah. yeah. So I went and played the Sedona open, the outlaw tour 26 months ago now. And, um, I was literally, I didn't really know anybody there. Sedona was a quiet place. So I'm literally drinking 20 or 30 beers in the room by myself watching TV. And I go out on Thursday or I play the first two days. And then the final day I go out and I hit, I hit 18 greens and I have 15 three putts because, oh my because my hands were shaking. That is a world record. My hands were shaking so bad. Um, and That's... then just the anxiety over me, man. Like it, it got to the point where I was just putting with one hand, just trying to get it near the hole and then be done with it. And then um, at the, I've been in the Bitcoin world since 2016. And that night I made a big mistake trading that the only reason I made it is because I was hammered. Went home. I woke up. 
on October 26th and uh, my wife and I had a little chat and I said, you know what? I'm never having a drink again. And here I am now. 20, just like that. Just huh? like that. I did the same That's thing. That's hard to do. I, I smoked two packs of cigarettes for many, many years. I'm at the Greenbrier in West Virginia. Ricky can vouch for this. We're hitting balls next to Tom Watson. He's giving me a hard time about smoking. And um, I, looked at, I looked at Ricky and it was a Tuesday. And I said, dude, I said, I'm never smoking again. He's like, yeah, right. And he always kept a pack of smokes because he knew that I'd always run out, especially if we got stressed. Sometimes we'd smoke two, you know, two packs. And uh, he's like, well keep these in my pocket for in about 10 minutes and sure enough he never pulled them out and i've never had another one so lucky for me i've kind of got an on off switch i'm either wow, full that's impressive i'm either full bore or i'm uh all the way out. all the well, way congrats out, to you because that ain't yeah. there's a lot of people that battle with all that type of stuff yeah. and it's not as easy as just like i think i'll quit yeah. i quit chewing 72 yeah. times 100 you know? percent. i quit smoking 100 times i quit drinking 100 times but then you know sometimes you just got to get to the point of rock bottom point yeah. uh where you have two choices you can either turn it around or you know what's coming pretty soon and it typically takes like a scare a scare it like scares you out of it yep. basically because you keep beating it beating it it's like oh, i keep going yeah that day i had all those three putts the the feelings and the no control that i had over my body that was what scared me the most and, and i didn't i didn't mean to laugh at that that was no just, no i've no. never heard of no. such a thing as 15 it might have been 14 a, or so yeah, but it was ridiculous wild. i yeah. remember i hit like three of the four par fives and two and i didn't birdie any because i had three three putt and <sighs> Yeah, it was. But How'd that you was, play it? Good. Hit 18 green shot, 84. <laughs> exactly, man. Uh, got to tighten up the putter a little bit. Got to tighten the putter a little bit. But. So you mentioned Bitcoin, which yeah. you, you did very well in, but you're still playing some tournaments here and there. Still play. I haven't played as much lately. I've, I play about four days a week in a, a money game with some buddies down at Ultimacer, or Los Indus. Uh, so I'm playing a lot. I haven't played any tournaments. I'm going to go try to Monday for San Diego, and then uh, I'm going to play. They've got a three-day event. The Asher Tour, I think they just bought out the Outlaw Tour at McCormick Ranch. So I'm going to play those uh, as kind of a warm-up for the Phoenix Open Qualifier. Okay. Give me a quick breakdown because I am not a Bitcoin, mm -hmm. none of that yep. kind of guy. Give me a quick breakdown. Like, What made you want to get into it? What did you see that you thought was going to do so well? And then, obviously, you got out at the right time. Yeah, well, I'll tell you exactly. I was sitting there and I was flipping through Instagram and Philip Francis, yeah. who yeah. The, at the time was the number one player in the world maybe, was at UCLA, left UCLA. But all of a sudden, I'm looking at his Instagram, dude, and this guy's in some pretty incredible places. The transportation's pretty incredible. So still I, is. Yeah, yeah, it still is. So I, I texted him and I said, hey, man, I said, what are you doing now? And he goes, oh, I started buying you know Bitcoin. And... And that was actually when I took the leave of absence for, uh, from the tour. And so I started reading about it and reading about it. And again, I'm an all in or nothing, man. And this was like November or something. I started buying Bitcoin at like $450. And by the next November, Bitcoin was at 20,000. And I was wow doing really well. And that made everything worse because now I had a lot of money and no rules and no care for anything other than how fucked up I was going to get and how long we were going to roll for. And, and how high is Bitcoin going to go? Exactly. Dude, yeah. speaking of Philip, so it's probably around that time. Yeah. He and I went up and played the John Deere Monday. Okay. okay. Came from here, went up there, both missed. We're flying home together. Mm -hmm. I am telling you from the time we got to whatever airport that is you fly out of. Moline. Moline is it Moline? Yeah. Okay, we're in Moline. We're waiting for our, we're getting food. We're waiting. We get on the plane. We sit right next to each other, probably Southwest, whatever. From the time we land in Phoenix, it was him talking about Bitcoin. And I got off the plane. I was like, this dude is locked. I don't even know what Bitcoin. I've yeah. never heard of any of the cryptocurrency. Like what is, yeah. It sounds like some just fantasy world or whatever. And I was like, this dude. 
he ain't playing golf anymore because he was like all in on this shit. Yep. And then all of a sudden later on, I was like, Philip might have known what he was talking about. Philip didn't know what he was talking about. Yeah. He was really, really early. I think he was like double digits early, $50 early. Could have been even earlier, wow. man. He was in, like, yeah. and he knew, uh, he was and telling he knew, me why it was going to be. I it. think occasionally he got on like CNBC money. I mean, he was, he was big time for sure. And then now every time I see him and his wife, or I think they live in Miami now, or they're either in Switzerland or they're everywhere. It's hard man. to tell where they are. Yeah, at. it is. But uh, he's obviously yeah. doing well and everything's good. And yeah. Well, you're doing great, man. That's cool. As shit. I got yeah, one, we're happy one, for you. Phyllis, yeah. one question for you last, like your story is pretty remarkable. I think there's a lot of people that will relate to it too, but it ain't done. Like you said, you're still playing. If you could write the perfect ending to the Charlie Belgian golf story, how does it end? Uh, you know, I've, um, the perfect ending was, uh, well, I'm, I'm hoping and begging and trying for a sponsor exemption into Phoenix. Uh, but the ideal perfect ending, man, I've always, um, cherished the last time my son got to come out on, on 18 when I won. Um, I'll never forget that. I held him up like uh lion King did Simba, man. <laughs> yeah. And I'll just, I'll never forget that. But he was, I mean, he was four months man he was tiny so for him to get to experience in that and then my wife um she didn't know anything about golf and that is her favorite thing on sunday she'll just tune in sometimes to the last hole to watch the family run out so oh, i think cool. i think to give them both that and i can't even imagine the emotion that i would feel but that would be you know to go win on tour again and and be able to do it with my family and be able to be where i was and climb the mountain again to the pinnacle in golf that would be the perfect story so are are you saying like you're gonna go all in again you know that's the thing man my game's never been better i've never been mentally sharper i've never enjoyed it more man like i go play golf now and i enjoy the architecture and, and the the breaks and greens and i it's it's weird but i've never enjoyed it more but as you know, man, I don't know if I could do the 25 weeks on a road, yeah. um, being away from my boy, being away from my wife. Even people are like, oh, they could come with you. Well, not when you're in school and you got sports and you got all that shit going on. Um, and then I'm a homebody, man. I love home. I, I don't venture far away from my house. Um, so to think about going, and especially in this crazy ass world right now, um, I just, I don't know if I can make that commitment. But if I did, I haven't been on a range in two years. I play golf four or five days a week. I would, I would do that, man. I would not practice um, because I felt like when I got to the tour, the tour can be a black hole. You get out there, you were good enough to get yourself there, but then all of a sudden you got to start thinking you're going to change your swing because you got to do this or you got to start switching clubs. And before you know it, you're so overwhelmed by all the extra shit that you lose your game and you lose yourself. And um, I think I could manage that a hundred times better. But I just don't know if I could do the travel. I would I would love to have another RV and do it that way. I saw Spieth getting ready to do it. Mm -hmm. I, I think he's going to have a ball doing it because I can't believe 50 guys don't do it. Now, now this, the schedule on the tour sucks, so the drives are long. Uh, I was one of the guys that loved driving my rig ricky would drive it at night so i could get hammered going to the next stop <laughs> and then he would sleep in in the morning i'd get up and drive or whatever but uh you know a lot of guys like day he just had somebody drive it and do everything i remember garrigus one time didn't even know how to turn it on so he was parked too close <laughs> to a pond so i had to go you know pull up all the levels move it for him and his family so but it's 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 nice to have all your own shit right mm -hmm. there, your own bed, your fridge if you're hungry. It's normalcy, not a different hotel, a different. So 
I don't know. That's kind of my dilemma right now. Um, I feel like I'm good enough. My game's better. But um, I'm in a fortunate enough situation where I don't have to go do it for the money. And so that's a good thing, though, because you might just let it go. You might just let it go 100 percent. You don't have to have it. The only hurdle I have is the travel, because most people, you know, they watch golf on the weekends. They hear about, oh, somebody, you know, got a jet to here. They they're obviously making all the putts. They see a big check. So that's kind of what they think it is. I wish they'd make a movie on the other half of the guys that missed the cut that might fly across the country to see their family for a night and then fly back across the country. There's just so much more to it than what meets the eye on television. And the travel part is the only thing that kind of makes me wonder. You know, I've said for years, like I think Friday afternoon, like you got your featured groups. Like when I'm out there doing golf channel, like you got a couple of groups in each wave and you follow them. Yeah. But what, just using a name, Jordan Spieth. If Jordan Spieth's in 40th on Friday, it's like, cool, yeah, he's going to be around, make the cut. Watching a guy that is living and dying by every hole trying to make a cut. No question. And whether he's a no-name, a big name, and watch what it means to him. 100%. That is good TV. Yep. I, and I've begged. I was like, can we please show some guys, at least on the last hole, who have to make birdie or have to make par. Or maybe they can make bogey and make the make the cut, and they're throwing up all over themselves right. coming in. Like, that is entertaining. That is entertaining, 100%. And it means so much. It means the it means way more to those guys than it does the guys that are showing on yeah. TV, 100%. Yep, because as, you know, once you start cranking down the points, man, all of a sudden, every putt starts mattering. You know, that four-footer, you could go back to a million four-footers that you missed that cost yeah. you your job. And I mean, you, every year you, you watch there at Wyndham, and it's like projected, and it's all of a sudden 126 is 0.8 or 1.2 FedEx Cup points. You're like, yeah. Oh my God! I remember when I just slapped that one on Saturday when I was in fifth. When I gave up on Friday afternoon after well, I, I mean, you know, yeah, three putted, yeah, I remember could have made the cut. I remember one year I missed like a five footer to miss the cut at the Wyndham, flew right home, and then I sat in the bar KOs up here with a good buddy <laughs> yeah. of mine at the time. His girlfriend owned the bar, and for Saturday and Sunday I sat at the bar screaming and yelling at the TVs for certain guys to miss and make, and people are looking at me like, "What?" Is, I'm like, "My job's on the line yeah. here, yeah, man." Yeah. Oh, I'm like, "What do you mean?" Sweat. Yeah, so that, that's a sweat. That's that's tough for that sure. That sucks when you have you have zero control. Yeah. Zero. Yeah. Zero control. Like if it's you coming down the back nine, you're like, okay, if I, yeah. if I shoot even part of this last nine, I keep my job, fine. Yeah. But when you're sitting at a bar, you're just like, oh my god. Yeah. yeah you need a guy to make a bogey. It's like it's hard. Like, I, I, remember, I remember. I remember. It was it was Freddie Jacobson at the time that I was rooting against more than ever, <laughs> man. And I'm sitting in there, you know, hollering at how stupid his outfits look because he dressed, you know, mm-hmm. kind of uh, out there, but. Um, uh, yeah, I remember he was the guy that I kept rooting for to hit it in the houses, hit it anywhere. And people say, oh, you shouldn't root against people. Well, I do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm <laughs> going to. I'm about know, to for yeah. the next four hours. Yeah. I don't remember who finished 126 this year, but this was probably like five years ago. My good buddy, Martin Flores. Okay. Yeah. Playing Wyndham. Makes a hole in one on 16. Birdie 17. They made a six footer for par on 18 to get into the top 125. So he obviously knocked somebody out. Yeah. So whoever finished 126 has got to be like, it Are took you an act of God right yeah. now. Just like a hole in one, a birdie, and a six footer for Chess par. Chess Hadley did it recently. Yeah. Like 63 yeah. or exactly. something the last thing when he had to have and like yeah. barely greased in. His like hole in one was on his first nine. Like he was finishing on the other side. Uh, but like Martin's like was dead. Dead. He had to literally go three under his last three and he and did, did it. it. Yeah. Yeah, Incredible. 126 Ugh. guys is like, are you That's out? The worst. What have I done? You'd rather finish 200. What have yeah. I done? Well, dude, I you mean, might be in the really. perfect spot. We'll get to the E9 here, but like, you got past champion status. You're going to get, you know, you still get some, right? You're gonna I'm kind of, I'm kind of, tour. I'm getting, say that again. Like the island tour? Island like the, tour, yeah. Yeah, uh, I'm kind of getting to the end there. Like last year, I, I had a bad back, so I had to miss John Deere, Barbasol, Tahoe, which really screwed me because I played well in Puerto Rico to move way up the list and then drop down. So, 
I need I need you don't to fall be, off the list though. You don't fall off the list, but boy, you can get down there to where you know, like really? the only way that you can get in is if like a new tournament comes in, and a lot of guys don't want to go, so they go thirty deep on the past champions. You know, like that's uh, I feel like uh, Jonathan K is a guy that mm-hmm. I always you know his last second flies in because he's way down, but he gets moved up there. But yeah, uh, for the past champions category, getting out of uh, it is the island tour. You know, yeah. Puerto Rico. Yeah, dude, and it's a good little. If for what you want to do, it's like it feels perfect, dude. It's a oh Bermuda, you know, yeah, some fun spots. You got to travel. You travel a handful of times a year. You get to play, scratch that itch, and if you go play great, like maybe different things open up. Hundred percent. By the way, before we get to the nine, we got to touch on it real quick. I know this is going long, but this week is American Express out in Palm Springs. Your old caddy Ricky Romano is now on the back for Ricky Fowler. Correct. And his wand he used on Thursday. Yeah. Is your old putter? Yeah. Yeah, Ricky actually called me last night, says, hey, I got to talk to you tonight. And so I called him. We talked about a few things. And he's like, you're not going to believe this. He's like, you remember that putter you gave me 10 years ago? And I'm like, yeah, the one you're still using, the the Odyssey Odyssey jailbreak. jailbreak. And he said, yeah. He goes, well, the other day, Fowler and I are at Madison Club and we're messing around and and I'm making a bunch of putts, man. And Fowler kind of took notice and he came over and said, let me see that thing. And and uh, the next thing you know, he's using it all day at Madison Club, rolling it, rolling it, and then they put it into play for this week. I think the putter is almost as tall as Ricky. It's a you long, know, it's a long putter, Big but uh, I, I hope um, Ricky Romano is my guy. Uh, I wish nothing but the best for him. And Fowler's a great human too, so I hope I they bet, make a bunch of putts. Yeah, man. I mean, as close as you and Ricky Romano are, you had to be excited. Not as excited as Ricky Romano, but pretty damn excited when he got the job with Probably Fowler. the second most excited yeah, for that's him. that's so awesome. Yeah. You know, I, I, I always text him to enjoy the walk, have a great day. He just, he was, uh, he was always there for me, man. He, he was not only my caddy, but um, I hate to say it, but he was the person that made sure I got home at mm-hmm. night, you know? So Ricky and I will forever be uh, best buds. Well, yeah, they both, Ricky Fowler and Ricky both got a good guy. Yeah. To work yeah. with that'll work yep. out nicely. 100%. Two like kind of positives, you know. Hundred percent. When he was on the bag, is that back in the Bacardi Silver days? Oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah. Ricky about the Bacardi. Ricky's Silver. seen some things. Uh, Ricky's yeah. been around. Yeah, B- Bacardi was could my play jam. Too. Yeah. Oh, Ricky could play. I Very mean, the good. Guys shot two or three fifty nines out in Mesa, the Painted Mountain. That guy can putt it really good too. For sure, but great yeah. like money game guy to have great on money your game team. Guy. You know what I mean, yeah, he shows up. He's tiny. He's kind of got a funky move at it, but he'll kick your ass There's when it comes down to it. That are, like Q school shows up, maybe don't have their best or try to change their whole life before that. But you want to get him in a little money game with some carts and some booze. And yep, he's your guy. That's a dude you there want. There are guys guy. like that. There's a there shitload 100%. of them, and they're some of the best. Yep. All right, let's get to the E9. Okay. okay, we asked the first one to everyone. You can be anyone for a day, dead or alive. You get to walk in their shoes for a day. Who would it be? Who? Walk in their shoes for anybody. Mm-hmm. Oh man, I mean the first. There's no wrong answer. Yeah, here. Uh, it's a big question though. It can take a little thinking. The first person that comes to mind, and this is gonna f- flip shit. Uh, I think Trump. Wow. Yeah. Okay. When uh, you get it, you can have a day. What do you mean when? Well, you get to like it be a day of him. Like, well, he was like, right now. You want him right now? You want him president? I want him. Playing on, I want him on his next term. Okay. Oh, yeah. the next, the next, next go round. Next okay. Yeah. You, could, you, could, yeah. you can. You know, shape just, some policy. Yeah. There's a bunch of people. For some reason, he came right to that. You know, I've idolized Tiger my entire life. I was actually skipped sixth grade, and was at the Phoenix Open when Tiger made that hole in one 
when he first came yeah. onto the scene. I was sliding on cardboard boxes down the dormant hills, and then he made that, and I was like, holy shit, this is incredible. People went nuts, and that was before 16 is what it is now. That kind of And then he it. goes and wins the Masters in 97, and I was like, that's when I, that's when I decided I wanted to play golf. Man. Same for all of us yeah, at this age. 100%. Like, that was it. That's that cool you were there, though. That was it. Yeah, yeah, I'll never forget it. I like launch then, 16 being 16. Quick, kind of. quick, quick story. First time I met Tiger, Beth Page, 2009 U.S. Open. He walks in, and this was still when he was before everything happened. And uh, he walks in, and the room goes silent. And I'm sitting there with my mom and my sister, and they say, "You got to go up, and you got to introduce yourself." I'm like, "I don't want to be that guy," you know. So I'm shaking. I finally get up the courage. I'm shaking. I'm walking over to him. He's eating a bowl of cereal or oatmeal or something. And I said, "Mr. Woods," I said, "My name's Charlie Belgian." I just say, "I just wanted to tell you it's an honor to have my name on the trophy as you." And he he puts his spoon down and he just looks up at me and he goes, "Which one?" Yeah, and I yeah. was like, "You know, I won the U.S. Junior. We're at uh, you know Atlanta Athletic Club." He said, "Oh, the home of Bobby Jones." And I said, "Yep." And um, and so I wished him good luck, but yeah, Tiger's it, man. Tigers. Which one? That's good. Which one? Yeah, that's, I know, that's you're gonna such have to, a Tiger. Yeah, answer. a little Which more one? specific, dog. Yeah, I, I got about 160 <laughs> of them things. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. All right, next one from me. We talked about this a little bit before too, but you're self-described adrenaline junkie. Give me, yeah. give me the wildest thing that you've ever done. Where um, you look back now and you're like, what the fuck was I thinking? Boy, I I used to ride with these guys from like the Fort McDowell Casino up to Payson. Um, so it's about an hour drive in a car and every Saturday morning we would meet at the gas station and then we'd ride up to the Payson airport, have breakfast and ride home. And, uh, it was an hour in a car speed limits, like 65 miles an hour. We probably did it 10 or 15 times and we averaged about 22 minutes. So ripping, okay. ripping to Payson doing over, you know, 130, 140, sometimes 150 miles an hour on those mountain roads doing that. A handful of times we blew by cops and they didn't even bother. You know, if they didn't have a, a somebody up further to radio to, they they couldn't catch us. But twenty-two when I, minutes. When I was riding those on crotch, the on the Harley, was that the Harley? No, these were crotch rockets. Okay. That was an R one at the time. Um, and I loved those bikes, man. I had three at one time, and I was uh, once my son came along, I had to sell them because I just. There was, I didn't have a, a go mode. Those things were built to go a hundred miles an hour. So to go 45 or 55 was not in, it wasn't in the car. Doesn't move the needle. It doesn't move it. So I still ride Harleys. Damn. I still ride Harleys. I love it. I probably ride three days a week out to Saguaro Lake or something. Uh, never through the traffic lights. People, I don't need to be taken out by a person, you know? So I can go right out the back of my neighborhood to Saguaro Lake and back in about 35 minutes. And so I, I do that all the time. But the crotch rockets were... That's where I could have really got. I mean, I was dressed in like full metal plates on my front, on my back. I mean, just in case just you going. went down. You yeah, know? you did a lot Woo! of weird shit. You, you used to show up to the Jicks Colt with the Harley. It would be cold as hell. Teeing off at 8 out in wherever the hell we were playing. 8.15 tee time. Try to roll up at 7.30. Bag like bungee. Moon However, bag strapped strap to, to the, the back Harley, the Harley Helmet on. I'm in my car with the heat on because it's free. I'm like, if this... So it was 70. This freaking dude beats me. <laughs> he beats me today. He's driving from Mesa. He just drove an hour on his bike. Yeah. It's got to be minus 10 out there when yeah. he's dri the way he's driving. And then I upgraded from the bike to the smart car, and there yeah, was nothing better. Than, I couldn't even get the clubs in. I had yeah, to take the clubs that. out and lay them in, but it was so fun because every time I'd park behind somebody to where they couldn't leave, but then nobody was ever going to do anything to me because I was either going to whoop your ass on the golf course or I was twice as big as you. So. You can fit in a smart car? I did. Oh, dude, it was so Romano and I, Romano and I and Kendall Critchfield at the 
the time, dude. We'd always carpool. And I, and the greatest thing about the smart car was your feet were at the front of the car and your back was at the back of the car so you could weave in and out and do whatever you wanted, man. Oh I still remember I that sure thing, did. dude. I was seeing yeah. him pull out and getting out of it and getting his yeah. clubs out of it. It was like, it was either the Harley or the smart car. Like, yeah. There's always some weird, whenever Charlie pulled up, I was like, watch this. Be some weird <laughs> shit. Yeah. That's incredible. I can't imagine you in a smart car. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, when you played, you probably still do, but you were a visor guy. Visor guy. Much like my man Sleaze mm -hmm. is yeah. over mm -hmm. here. Give me your all visor team on tour. Because some people rock it and it's just not a good look. Well, current. Yeah. Current, past, whatever, doesn't matter. Well, you got it was go. obviously old school. A lot of people more, a lot more. Yeah, they had more style. You got to go right back to who we were talking about earlier, Spencer Levine. Mm. Spence, that dude rocked a visor better than anybody. It was a Snedeker staple. was a good visor yeah. guy. Freddie was an OG guy. Freddie was one. VJ. VJ had like the little, yeah. little one most of the time. But if you're gonna, I don't like the as he got ones. older. Yeah, I don't care for the. Baby. No offense, yeah. Luke Donald. I like Luke Donald. I don't like yeah, that little. Yeah, I don't like the little one either. Always had the big ones for sure. Yeah, you're a big visor guy. Yeah, hundred percent. Keith now, Keith I guess Mitchell. Mitchell he's back on it. Yeah, oh, okay. he was off with yeah. Nike, but now he's back on. He's yeah. back home. Tommy right? Armour, back third. where he belongs. Oh, Rock the visor. Yeah, TA hair flowing out the side. Yeah, you got to flow. T.A., he was a New Mexico guy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He Lump went, yeah. Lumpy, how about Lumpy. He was a visor guy and yeah. a New Mexico yeah. guy, and he's the best. First time I meet Tommy Armour, we got the Lobo Day and, you know, raising money. Heron's there. Nota Begay's there. A bunch of guys are there. Tommy Armour's there. I get paired. My coach is like, hey, you're going to play with Tommy Armour and Tim Heron. We're on the first tee. It's kind of cold. A handful of people show up. With these, there's these two beautiful blondes off to the side, and I kid you not, Heron hit, pegs it, hits it, uh... Tommy Armour puts it in the ground, hits it, picks up his tee, walks over, throws up, goes over to the two girls, says, hey, you want to go to Vegas? They said yes. And he fucking bounced right there. <laughs> didn't even play. Right after the, a puke. Didn't even play in the, in the event. I, I think I remember that. And you're right. like, this guy's my like, hero. I'm like, holy <laughs> If you can do that after man. a puke, and they're like, no, nah, yeah. you're sick. No, and, and, like, yeah, and he was out of go. there. And he was out of that's there. Good. I think that's exactly how it happened. Yeah. I hope that's how it happened. Yeah, because that's, that's a good story. Yeah. I don't doubt that that's true. Yeah, there's some TA stories. That some are really good TA stories. For real, yeah. for real. He uh, he actually has told me he will come on, and if he'll open up, it oh, could be all time. We'll sell it, it, to it HBO. would be all time. I mean, yeah, you we can just do four hours on his parties. Yeah. Get him and JJ together and just yeah. tee off. Um, okay, this is a. Oh no, I'm gonna. I skipped one here. Uh, no, actually, this is the one I want. All right, you're a Jicky Jack legend. I said that, right? Give me give me the best player you ever played with on the Jicks who never got a tour card. The guy you're like, he's going to make it, and then didn't. Mm. Boy, there was a I'm handful of them, see. man. Yeah, there's some good ones. You know, I thought, uh, I thought Mueller would do it. I thought Mueller would do Mueller it. Mueller could go lower in he, this city than maybe anybody. Anyone. Yep. Um, you know, at the time there was like that Eric Myerdirks. E. Uh, Didn't he, he got just, out? He, he got played out good this year. week at Corn Ferry, I think. Oh, he he's got playing out golf for a year, by the way. He made it through Q school, played a year. Oh, didn't okay. Have to okay. Look this okay. Up. He's teaching right heard... now. Shout out to E. I still talk yeah. to him once in a while. Who am I thinking of? Because somebody very similar to that. He's name. in like Chicago, um, who, teaching or wherever he's from. Winnetka. Why nothing? He was good. He was. He had about like like that kind of distance. Miranecki is who I'm thinking of. Oh, he's Daniel still Miranecki. going. Daniel yeah. Miranecki. He just finished Miranecki. fourth on the Oregon. Corn Ferry. I don't know who they played at Oregon. Oregon. I just heard Miradarks in the name sounded okay. close. Miradarks was good. Mueller could go, Mueller. but like your game looked like a tour game. Mueller's was just like I don't want to play you in a money game. Right. But if you right. go play Riv, like yeah, and it's you versus Fair him. enough. Yeah, I don't. Um... I'm trying to think who mine would be. I thought Brock McKenzie. Oh, there's a good Stride. one. 
that guy before yeah. pre-chipping yips i was like you hit yeah. it better than anyone i've ever seen you're 100 percent more right. out of the middle and straight it was like chez with 30 more yards you're 100 percent right he yeah, did I played a lot of amateur joke with him. striking it yeah he was a good one brock mckenzie ellis was good john ellis john Wyndham ellis Scotty was good. was good won a ton of shit he was just, just too calm and relaxed he was just <laughs> right, didn't right. have didn't have enough emotion didn't God. have enough passion him i had spent should have got paired together so i got a spot um my first year as a pro at at&t pebble beach and i get paired with this john ellis guy and i had no idea i mean i'm not from northern california really never played any jickies and i get these texts like dude this guy is a legend he kills the jickies he will probably lose his shit at some point though <laughs> without unequivocally they described him perfectly okay <laughs> it was great a lot of talent but yes could lose yeah. his shit i'm talking the same shit like two under through four hits it in a bunker hits it to 12 feet and yeah. then breaks the rank right <laughs> and i'm exactly. like dude you're fine okay. it's the four exactly. hole dog and you're leading like it's gonna be okay lost yeah. his shit and now when he carries for ellis he's like he just gets too worked up i'm like really yeah really yeah but Are he's you, a lot calmer on the back all right my next one so like I feel like talking to Ricky, you're kind of a creature of habit. 100%. Like he told me like pretty much at one point you ate nothing but pizza and wings. Yeah. Pretty much every meal. Yeah, yeah. or Subway. That's Sub- called a, yeah, cool, that's that's called a great life. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so tell me this. What is one thing, like someone could say, I'll give you a million dollars if you eat this and you wouldn't do it. Uh, I was offered five grand to eat a Rockefeller oyster and it didn't even cross my mind to think <laughs> about it, dude. I will not try... Um, my wife is from Croatia, so she has definitely expanded my food. Um, but I'm still to the point, dude, like my food cannot touch each other. Like yeah. I'm funky about food and I could literally, I could eat, I could eat steak every day for the rest of my life and, and not feel like I was missing out on anything. The carnivore diet, a lot of yeah. people doing it. So is, is the oyster, is it just oysters or is it like fish in general? No, I'll eat some fish. It's got to be white fish. I wouldn't touch salmon or anything like that, dude. But uh, and still, like I won't. I wish I liked eggs, man. And I don't know how people eat them because they smell terrible. They look horrible, and I would never touch an egg. Dude. I hate That's most so food. I don't care about food at all. I smash eggs. Do you? Yeah, I know. My, I could eat my the same son and my you wife. Give me five crush foods. Them. I could live the rest yeah. of my life and wouldn't care one bit. But yeah, yeah it's my fun. son and my wife crush them. I won't touch them. Pizza, wings, and subway. I crush. I crush. Uh, and Bacardi and Coke. And, That's yeah. called fun. Yeah. It's called it's fun. Called I, I, it. I crush pizza, but I won't touch spaghetti because I don't like the red sauce. Like none of my shit That's makes sense. That Real, make, yeah, it makes that none, none of my none of my stuff makes any sense whatsoever. Uh, but yeah, I'm extreme. go to pizza. Ooh, right, uh, thin crust at oregano's. Oh, oregano's the pepperoni. Uh, if I'm if I'm doing my own pizza, I'm doing a pepperoni. I'm doing a jalapeno. I'm doing an onion, and then occasionally I'll throw a pineapple. But a pepperoni jalapeno onion is pretty much my standard jam. We're fine as long as I don't like the onion. We're good okay. other than that. Okay. We could share. Yeah. Okay. Respect yeah. that. Man knows what he likes. Yeah. Doesn't need exactly, much else. Respect that. All right. Here we go. You're safe to say you're a big conspiracy guy. Uh huh. Okay. Give me the one conspiracy theory that you are most convinced is true. <laughs> oh, man. I could think. Don't make us uh, have to edit it either. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, this is probably my most recent one, but um, there is not a goddamn chance that we went to the moon. Oh, not, my God. Not a, oh, my God. Not a, yes. That's not the one I thought. Well, I think COVID was the biggest scandemic. Oh, yeah, yeah, for we'll sure. We'll stay on that. Um, you, yeah. you don't think we landed on the moon. It's 100%. just all some bullshit. Dude, I can't even get cell phone service sometimes in the valley here. And you're going to tell me that you sent a bunch of dudes 260,000 miles away in the fucking 60s that didn't even have the technology we have on our cell phones now. And, and we've never gone back. 
And it happened to happen at the same time that Russia was going to maybe beat us. So we just put together. And if you go back and look, there's so many, there's so many things. Are you going to get into the visor and the reflection in the visor and all you that? You could do that. You could do the fact <laughs> that there's no stars in the picture. You could do the fact that how was there a camera to watch it come down? How, how can there be... Uh, footprints <laughs> underneath the the land the shuttle or whatever landed because it has to come down and blow, you know, some dust or something. I mean, there's there's. My, but my main thing is, is that dude, I can't even get fucking cell service at my house sometimes. And you're gonna yeah, sell an argument. Shit. My and neighborhood gonna, is like blacked out. I'm and like, you're gonna, what, what, Elon's launching civilians up there. I can't even get a freaking yeah, bar at my house. No, no, no way. We, in my opinion, we've never even been we need in space. A, we either. need a Derek Anderson, Charlie Belgian. We, we won't even be here. We'll just let y'all get in here and mix it up yeah. on all the bullshit. Yeah, what about I, Tupac, I've got, Tupac alive? We get Ronick too. Ronick's a huge yeah. conspiracy yeah, guy. I got the moon is my latest one. Um, but yeah, I got a bunch and you know what? I've, uh, yeah. And how can you not believe him with the crazy ass world we live in now? Yeah. That's so, beautiful. Prove it to yeah. me. Till I land on it, and nobody's been in that bitch. And how come, <laughs> dude, we went back in the 60s, we did it in the 60s, how come we haven't been back? And then we were supposed to be back, we were supposed to launch something three or four weeks ago, we had like 15 delays, it's because they had to put on a show that we were going to go, but they know they can't go, so let's just trick everybody. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah. The moon yeah. is a fucking scam. It's a fucking, <laughs> you know, the moon's up there, no question. I mean, but maybe, I can promise. Maybe that's just propped up there. Yeah, you know? I think the maybe moon is up there, but there is no say we landed on it. No way that we went up there. And then you watch like when uh uh, Arm Buzz, uh, Buzz Lightyear, Buzz, Buzz Lightyear, <laughs> yeah. Buzz Lightyear. Uh, Armstrong and those guys. If you watch them, man, they're in some of the interviews that they do. You can just tell that they're like, man, I am just fucking telling a gigantic lie right now to all you people, <laughs> and everybody's so gonna believe it, man. It's There's, good. I didn't know it'd be the moon. No, that's, that's, that's only the reason I brought that one up is because that's my latest. You're in one. on it right now. Yeah, yeah, that's you're my diving in. One. You're gonna... Well, I, I dove in. I did my thing. I don't, I don't dwell on them for long. I go in, I, I, I convince yourself, convince and then you myself, um, and I move on to the next one. I like a good conspiracy yeah. theory as much as the next yeah. guy. I get into yeah. some of them. Moon is not one that I don't edit this out. Mark, this needs to be our just our one teaser for the week. <laughs> just this entire <laughs> conversation. <laughs> the right moon here. is bullshit. Yeah. The, moon is, <laughs> the landing of the thing. moon is complete yeah. bullshit. Don't let them pull the wool over yeah. your eyes. Yeah. All right. Oh, God. Next one. Right, go. Would you say that Harbor Town has the best porta potties on tour? Oh. Harbor Town. That's Hilton Head, South Carolina. Yeah, but well, how can you beat Dallas? For well, I just meant you might have visited the ones at Harbor Town a lot. I did. I got <laughs> sick in the ones at Harbor Town quite a bit in between shots because we were having such big nights before. Yeah. Uh, when I think of a really great week on tour, um, Ricky and I brought Harbor Town to its knees. Dude, man, it is so good. I, tell her, I mean, that is one of my favorite weeks. Not only because the golf course is incredible, but yep. just the, the, the vibe, everything awesome. about it. You can walk around, you rent houses, everybody's friendly. Um, but yeah, we got, uh, we got, we had a great time in Harbor Town, man. That's just a great, I love it down it's there. Just, that, just that part of the country. All By the way, they, they just move slower. It's all great. The yeah. Dallas Porta Potty is no longer. I did. Hear so that? A yeah. Complaint from one player. You know, and it's maybe it's, don't use that one, sir. Maybe don't use it, dude. And the fact that one player can ruin it for everybody is what's yeah. sad. We won't get into that. But no, 
No. You know who you are. <laughs> no fun. No fun allowed. Yeah. Uh, all right. This feels like a letdown after the whole moon is the fake bullshit. But Why I'm did gonna, you not have okay, the conspiracy I'm, theory? I'm ask, I didn't know we were coming with that, dude. I thought it was like Tupac or aliens or something. No. Nope. Area 51. The moon landing is complete bullshit. I'll connect with you later. 100%. I got some other shit that, re- that needs your attention. I need another investigator on it that I got some questions about. But okay. we'll get to that later. This one. This will also be good, though. I, as, as you have told me, you have to answer this question. Hypothetically. A person's trying to beat a drug test on the PJ Tour. How do they do it? Mm, that's a good one. Uh, I could tell you. Yeah, that's yeah. Fine. The, I'd love uh, to know the way that you do that. And unfortunately, I know is that you just have to drink a bunch of water. So I and now now being sober in that and looking back at some of the shit that I did. So. Um, Obviously, you couldn't smoke pot, but then you kind of found out that there's levels, and if you mm-hmm. stayed under the levels, you could you could smoke pot and 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 still go about your day. But just to make sure, um, you know, there's there's drinks on every single hole when we play, and I would literally drink one of those 16 ounce bottles at least every other hole, if not every hole. And then you get in, the guys would be waiting for you, um, you know, in the scoring tent with their, and you knew right when you were walking in, if, if somebody had a clipboard, you're like, son of a yeah, bitch, somebody's gonna getting be me. poked, going to be me. Yeah. And uh, so the first time you drink that much water, obviously, and here's the other thing. So I'm trying to play golf against the best players in the world. But meantime, I'm taking literally 10 leaks on the course because, you know, finding, and there's not enough porta potties. So now I'm trying to dodge the crowd, take a leak, hit a shot. And what a pathetic waste of time it was for sure. But I'd always go in. My first test would be too diluted. And so you'd hang out and then you'd take another one. And every single, I, I did get a few calls from the tour. I have been, I have failed a couple, but I failed them, got my warning. And then uh, as a matter of fact, a few years ago, they changed the levels from like 18 nanograms to 180 nanograms, which then... As long as you don't smoke the pens, you can pass those, you know, because the THC concentration is so is so much higher in the pens. But it's it's sad that I know it. It's not what I do anymore, but it's what I did. This is just so piss funny. water. I thought just it was going to be the little Wizenator Minnesota Vikings. No, dude, because you have those people watching and, you, man. They literally. They I didn't would, know how intimate they get. Yeah, they in get those. intimate. Some I don't think it's like others. NFL intimate, but it's, right. But I mean, they're I mean, there. Even in college, when we had to take them, there's a dude right there. Right I, there. I was like, who's yeah. doing these fake things? Like, I, I can get away with that. So, like, I never knew that about you, but I remember like we've been paired together many a times on tour, and I was like, holy shit, this guy pisses. He's a big boy, dude. Yeah, sure did, man. Okay, I was always hydrated at least. But uh, that is, and you know, I did five years and only failed two. So, pretty good track record. Pretty good track go. record. Model yeah. citizen. Yeah. <laughs> All right. My last one. You mentioned you used to run around in the RV or rig, as you call it. Yeah. Okay. For people that don't know, like most of the tour places have a place for you to park your 100%. rig. Percent. So there's a whole group of you. Yeah. You're pulling in, mm-hmm. and they're telling you you're going to park here. Okay. Who's the one guy when you get parked next to him? You're like, oh shit. I don't want to be next to this guy. Bad neighbor? Uh, you know, at the time, man, it was Chris Couch. Oh, wow. Because uh, that's some of bitch. He could, uh, he, in our little trailer park, he stirred up a lot of trouble, man. But <laughs> he's a good dude now, run into him. But uh, for me, I didn't really want to park next to like Troy Madison, mm. you know, because he was a lot more educated than me and made me feel stupid every time he opened his mouth because he talked about things that I couldn't relate to or that great dude. Uh, but yeah, but on the side note, boy, there would be no better parking spot than between daily and Sabatini because being in the middle and being able to sit there and watch 
both of the shit shows go on out your windows <laughs> was just the best. Who man. needs a TV? Who I needs got a TV, got man. On both sides of me. Yeah, uh, they were they were the best, man. And they and those guys took me under their wing. They were they were so fantastic to me. I still stay in touch with Sabatini and his wife. Um, and then daily, whenever I get in a tournament and see him, we always have a nice time. He's the best, man. Just a great human. Madison probably thinks the moon landing's real. Idiot. <laughs> what a way to it. Charlie, thank you so much. Dude, that thank was you fantastic. guys for having me. And congrats much on cleaning it. up. And yeah. we look forward to seeing yeah. you. Go, go mix it yeah. up out there, bro. It's been good. Drink hey, some water. Great. Thanks for having me. All right. That was Charlie Belgian joining us on Golf Subpar. What a beauty he is. You know, I, I've, I've known him for a long time. We were out there on tour together, but he was a guy, for the most part, kind of kept to himself. So you didn't really get to know Charlie. But like I said, met him in college. He was one of the first guys that I was like, holy shit, this guy can move it. Yeah. He was a long hitter. Obviously, probably used Stack before Stack was around. Yeah, he'd be dangerous. Dangerous <laughs> with Stack. I mean, I grew up playing junior golf against Charlie, college golf against Charlie, then Jickies with Charlie, and he was one of those guys. There was like a couple be like, dude, as soon as he figures it out, like he's got the stuff you can't teach. There was a period of time before like this huge jump to speed and all the kids, you know, every college kid now hitting bombs and things like that. When we were playing on the mini tours, we played a ton of like final rounds and stuff together. There would just be bunkers that are like 310 in your book. And I'd be like, okay, got to feed her. He took it. Oh, he would hit the ball through the air, not with roll. Cause there's some guys that could hit the little low heaters and bounce it out there a bit. He would hit it through the air further than anyone I've ever seen in my life. And that was the same time. Like Finau was playing out there. He hadn't quite figured it out yet, but like, those were the two guys I'm like, dude, there's not many guys on tour. They can move it like that. They just got to tighten it up a little bit with everything else. And he did it. And then his rookie year, add to the fact that like that he was battling all that anxiety and stuff. Like he was outside the top 125 mm-hmm. rookie, like playing for his job needed a, what did he say? A top three, I believe to keep his card. I mean, that pressure then to come through and do it with, it was cool to get an inside peek at what that week was like. Just, Cause it was, it was gnarly. I mean, his, his ride has been just incredible. You do, that's the one thing people don't realize that you, you never know what's going on behind the scenes. All you do is see him out there playing golf on TV or whatever, might not be playing that great. You're like, oh, that guy sucks. You have no idea what they're battling. But it's really cool to see how, I mean, 26 months sober now, um, killed it in Bitcoin, uh, killing it in the gym. The guy He's is a truck, jacked right now. Truck. But I'm super happy for him. Said he might give it another go. Um, but, man, incredible story. Seriously, one of my favorite episodes we've done. Yeah, it doesn't sound like he wants to do 25 events on the PJ, even if he came out and won one of these off-field events or something like that. Like, all right, dude, you're back on. Like, I don't know how much he would play. Doesn't sound like he has to play. But, I mean, when he was out there, the parking his RV next to Daly every mm-hmm. single he was always a guy on the jicks like you want to go have a time like Charlie would be around Charlie's having a barbecue Charlie's doing whatever and like his rookie year on tour I was like man Charlie's like completely good enough I've been around enough of these guys to know is this like can he figure it out and to get a behind the scenes peek at like what was all going on um makes sense and it, that ain't an easy thing to shut off either he just made a decision one day like oh I'm done smoking he smoked two pat. I mean, he fired through him, you know, Oh, I'm done drinking. Like that's the thing that take people Good years for him, and then man. they fall that's off. Hard. He's 26 months. Shout out to Charlie. And I knew when I asked him to come, I was like, I was like, anything you don't want to talk about? He's like open book, yeah. anything. So props to him for coming on. And, and I mean, talking about all that ain't the easiest in the world. Really cool. All right, let's get to some gambling. we got the farmer's insurance open this week. we got the AFC, the NFC championship. These games are both going to be incredible. Eagles, San Fran Eagles are two and a half point favorites. Chiefs, Buffaloes, Chiefs are one and a half points favorites at home. Bengals, yeah. Oh, sorry. It's okay. Wait a minute. Yeah. Sit, I'm going. I'm obsessed with Joe Burrow. Riding the hot hand. He's owned Kansas City. Uh, since he plus one and a half, probably going to money line him. I like the Bengals. I do too, actually. Oh, God. Um, oh, God. Which is scary. 
just Mahomes, like a healthy Mahomes. I don't know. I still I, I picked the Chiefs all year to win the Super Bowl. I'd still lean on the Chiefs. That high ankle sprain is a different animal. I mean, he could barely move, you know, after that injury in that last game. I don't know what he's going to be. He moves around a lot. He could scramble. He, he adds time in the pocket. If he looks close to what he looked like last week, that's a tough team to go beat with Burrow firing on all cylinders. They also feel like they have, like, Bengals, like a little chip on their shoulder. You know, the comments about better get those refunds when they're talking about the game potentially mm-hmm. between Buffalo and KC and Atlanta. It's just hard for me to bet against Joe Burrow right now. He's one of those dudes that just like, I think he can put a team on his shoulder, win a game by himself. This is one of those ones you just hope the game lives up to the hype because yeah. it is big time. I mean, two of the best teams in football. In my opinion, the two best quarterbacks in football going Without at it. Without question. Oh, yeah. boy. Jim Nance, Tony Romo on the call. It is going to be awesome. I can't wait. Yeah, the Bengals, for whatever reason, have been the Chiefs' kryptonite, yeah. even when Mahomes has been healthy. If he's just – that's a tough team to beat with everything. If you got Mahomes at 60%, 70%, something like that, tough task. Yeah. All right, let's move over to the Farmers Insurance Open, see if we can pick some winners here. Pretty strong field, teeing it up at Torrey Pines. Um, your favorite, as we said, John Rom plus 390. Four okay. to one most places you look. It's pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as the value-wise, it's hard – Hard to Tough bet one. on, but I can also see why you might like John Rom because he's undefeated this year. Because no one's beating him. Yeah, and he's 54 under. But I'm going to go just a little further down the board. One whole spot. 12 to 1. Okay. Guy Long shot. Grew up in San Diego, went to San Diego State, finally played well at Torrey Pines last year, mostly because I found his golf ball on Friday, which allowed him to make the cut and lead to a runner-up finish. My man, Xander Schauffele, going off at 12 to 1. Okay. Coming off a little dub, Eagle or Albatross, whichever way you want to call it, out there at the stadium course. That was a nice shot. Dre on the call for PJ Tour Live. Um, by the way, never hate Xander. Want to pick him every single week. I'm going to go to a guy that this golf course should be perfect for him. I mean, he lost in a playoff last year. He, he battled injury last year, so he hasn't played a ton. But 36 last week, shot 16 under. It wasn't like terrible golf, but that's, like Rama said, more of a putting contest. Give me Will Zalatoris coming in there. If he's hitting it like he can, this place should be perfect. Ball striker. Uh, and putting, one of the places I would say it's the mm-hmm. least important that's, stat. That's you just got to go fairway green, fairway green, do it over and over. Yeah, lost to Luke List mm-hmm. in the playoff last year. Also the side of my incredible call of hammered down the middle. Hammered ball down right the middle the and plugged in the shit. They must have moved that bunker. <laughs> yeah, dude, that was some sort of conspiracy. Don't make me call golf a conspiracy just like the moon landing, which is fake, obviously. Charlie told us. <laughs> moon is bullshit. All right, as far as a dark horse, this guy getting some nice value. I know he hadn't played his best golf in the last few years. Rumor has it he's working with a new swing coach, which I'm very excited about. He's won here in the past. Justin Rose going off at 50 to 1. Okay. I like that. Uh, new teacher. New beginnings for Jay Rose. I'm going to go. Rumor. Rumored. I'm going to go with the past champion, too, with a lot of juice here. 70 to 1. Scott Stallings. He doesn't get a lot of love for a guy that made East Lake last year and had a hell of a second half to the season. Not a lot of love for Scott Stallings. He's one of those guys. I don't know if you necessarily like him to win, but maybe like a top 10. But he's played well here before, obviously. He's won. Uh, he's been close other times. I just feel like he's an under-the-radar guy that, for whatever reason, Tori agrees with him. And I think he's a guy that could have a really high finish very easily. Yeah, he he's really turned his game around, making it all the way to East Lake. Like you said, past champion here. Actually beat our guy Gary Woodland the year he won. That is factual. Sorry factual. about it, Gary. We get bonus points for that. It's true. It's two wins. All right. Well, it's going to be a lot of fun. I can't wait to get back to work. I got the next four weeks. We do Farmers Insurance, AT&T at Pebble Beach, right here at home for the WM Phoenix Open. Cap it off at the Genesis out at LA. Not just the WM Phoenix Open, dude. The Larry is in the house. The Larry, Monday, February 6th. It's all coming together. A lot of pros, a lot of celebrities going to be teeing it up with some lucky ones out there. If you sign up, 
Make sure you go to golf.com slash the Larry. Get your team going. Only a few spots remaining. A couple spots we left. We got to have this thing full so we can have a party. We're doing a little fireside chat afterwards with Jordan Spieth, possibly another major champion. Still trying to lock that in, but it's going to be a great time. Go to golf.com slash the Larry. Sign up today. Yes. Do not delay. This thing is going to be. I'm already looking forward to that. I'm already also waking up with cold sweats just about that week. It's a big week. I'm I mean, to, you go I'm to the Larry, to... you get to have cocktails with us. Yeah. Get to, I get to drink a little bit. I'll be, oh, nice. Oh, great. I'll be nice for the week. Yeah. All cool. right. Well, everyone have a great week. We'll talk to you on next week's Golf Subpar.